This is the Apocalypse Survival Guide. We are here to help you survive the apocalypse. Which apocalypse, you ask? All of them, from A to Z. Each episode, we cover a different type of apocalypse and give you advice on how to survive. The rules are simple. We choose an apocalypse, depicted in a movie, and cover how you could survive that type of apocalypse. So stock up on supplies and get ready to survive. Hi, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And welcome to the bunker. On this episode, we've moved on to the letter X. And there's a, I mean, we had to narrow it down to so many X fields because so many just came yeah. to mind. Yeah, that was, that was a big process just to get down to the X, just what the category was going to be. So for X, we have extra dimensional. <laughs> And the we uh, spelt it the way we want to. Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> and the movie example, The Mist. Ah, it doesn't get any better for extra dimensional. Than the the Mist. 2007 film, not the. I know there's a series out. Like a, I haven't seen it, but I know there is a series. Oh dude, I watched the first episode and it's bad. It's real bad. Is it? Yeah. So yeah, but hey, I mean, I guess it's worth. Maybe I'll try a couple of more because I do love The Mist, but it was bad. Yeah. Yeah, we like the movie. Yeah. Um, and the book. This is a Stephen King story. So another another jaunt into a Stephen King uh, um, uh, type of uh, film. Yeah, he seems to pop up a lot. He's he must just be right and right, right up our alley of things to talk for our yeah show. Well, he's kind of nihilistic, so kind of it kind of fits <laughs> in. But uh, start with the synopsis. Uh, we see the Punisher. Painting a picture of Roland, the gunslinger. Roland Deshane. Now, I realized that the movie was just an adaptation of Stephen King. And he didn't direct it. He didn't produce, well, not really produce it. He may got one of those executive producer credits just because that's how they roll. But he wasn't responsible for making the movie. Mm-hmm. We covered that. He directed one movie right. and one movie only. He said he'd never do it again. And so the, the throw-in of the gunslinger is just, you know, probably a nod to the fans, which is fine. But it made me start thinking of King and his books, especially his later books, where he's constantly shoehorning in mm-hmm. the Crimson King and the gunslinger and all that stuff. And it makes me wonder, do you think he does it because... He thinks it's a little nod to all his fans, and they he's trying to build a a bigger like realm, like a whole world, like his whole world is encompassing. Because I was reading a book, we might, they made a movie off it. I haven't seen the movie; it's, I hear it's terrible, so we might have to do it. About he kind of made his own little take on the zombie apocalypse called Cell. Yeah, the book was great. Really? Yeah, the movie... one I haven't read. and The movie, I haven't seen. I hear it's bad, but we might have to watch Mm, it anyway. Okay. But long story short is, and he threw a few Crimson King references in and blah, blah, blah. My question is, do you think that it's because he's like that or he's an egomaniac and he can't stop? Egomaniac. That's what I said, too. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) All right. But I will say this. That painting he was painting, because we both read the entire Gunslinger series, 
that painting was fucking badass. As they're panning around him, and you see the dark tower on one counter or corner, and then in the middle is Roland with the door behind him and the rose on one side. All of the allegory of, well, not all, but a lot of the allegory of the entire book series <coughs> in one painting. I'd love to have that painting personally. Yeah, but did you see? Print. Did you see what the the painting had? Roland had two fully working hands with two pistols. Uh-uh. Yes, he did. Are you sure? I, kinda, I, I looked, looked to see if he had so one pistol I, or two. He had two. It was two. very obvious. He, he had, had the one, one in each hand. He had the one in his left had, hand. And the and the and he won in the other hand. And Maybe I'm thinking, before. hey, Stephen King, how about you fucking let your main <laughs> character two-gun it for a while? <laughs> yeah. That was my big. My biggest complaint wasn't that he, he handicapped his hero. Because you're going to, I get it. At some point, you're sure. going to do that. But how about not book number two, you fuck? Was it two? I thought it was one. Oh, it was it the beginning one. of two. It was the be- beginning. Right, the in my world, has been number one. Yeah, it was the very beginning of two. It was, it, it was like the opening chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. two, it ended with... How did it end? I'm trying to think. Jake died. The kid died. And then he was chasing the, the man black. I don't remember. But he already he, went into the city, right? What's... Oh, yeah. He went into the, the town, like the old west town, and killed all those people. That's in that book. And then he goes to like an underground train station, and then he sacrifices Jake to uh, mm-hmm. to chase down the man in black. And then I can't remember how it ends. But anyway, or he goes to the door, I think, and then he's on the beach. Something like that. Oh, okay. And then the very next thing, he wakes up on the beach, and those crabs <laughs> cut off his fingers. Yeah. Fuck. Anyway, um, I'm off on my tangent now. Uh, so anyway, back to the movie. Uh, it's storming outside. Uh, the power goes out, and a tree smashes through the front of the house. And ruins the kick-ass painting. It does. I was upset. I was just upset as uh, the Punisher. Yeah. Uh, then we see that the boathouse was destroyed, and that Norton, the next-door neighbor, his tree fell on it. Um, then they see a, a fog-like substance starting to roll in on the, uh, on the lake. I'm going to call it the fog. I think that's appropriate. <laughs> Um, and they say it's coming in from the mountains, and they think it's kind of weird because it normally doesn't do that. But uh, sometimes you just get fog. Um, and then we see the Punisher goes to talk to his neighbor, Norton, uh, and we see that his his car is destroyed. he got some Mercedes and yeah. tree fell on whatever. Um, so then uh, Punisher, his son, who I'm calling Little P, <laughs> nice. and uh, Norton, they go to town to get supplies because they're going to get food and stuff with electricity out. Uh, on the way, we see him pass electric company vehicles and then a uh, shitload of army trucks. Yeah, the second group of which hauling ass. Yes. Yeah, there was a troop transport with a bunch of soldiers in it, a bunch of Humvees. What else? Just general army Just general, yeah, yeah, nothing like tanks or... No, no tanks, but more more like troop carrier type vehicles. Yeah. 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 So, which... I wonder, well, I'll get into this in a second. But um, so then we go to the store, and they're right here. The Punisher shows has no cell service. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he goes to a payphone, trying to call his wife, and he has no service. So he goes in the store to buy supplies. I'm wondering if, so obviously, utilities are down, but I wonder if radios would still work. Hmm. We don't know. That's a good point, and I don't see any reason why they would not. Because I wouldn't either. Radios do not. That's 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 the thing. Hey, here we go. Top tip already. 
that's the thing about uh about a radio if it's you know radio to radio you're on the same frequency same channel it doesn't it it doesn't have another a, a system that it needs for it to run uh like a uh what's the word i'm looking for short band what's the radio just just walkie talkie radio oh radio. yeah yeah you don't need a network like a cell phone <laughs> right or... you don't need a network um so that's that's good to have and you can get those you used to be able i remember back when we i mean this is many years ago two decades or more we would buy those little uh the little handheld walkie talkie things when we were out jeeping like in the mountains and stuff so you get separated you could talk but they would only go like a mile Right, and that's with a clear shot. That's not like going over a ridge to the other side of the mountain. That's you're in the same bowl, you're on the same hill, you know, ridge, mountainside, and they still only do about a mile. Now, you get those little fuckers; they're all digitized and everything. They'll go miles, like five or more, and they're not that expensive. I mean, like over the like, mountain and through the woods? No, still won't go over a mountain. Oh, you still okay. got to have a maybe not a perfectly. I yeah. I, I know you're making a joke. <laughs> you're just funny, like you fucker. You blew right over it. <laughs> but uh, that's that's a good thing to have. Those little short band or whatever they're called, just uh, radio to radio, does not need an infrastructure. Just yeah. buy two of them. They put on the same channel. Other. Yep, put them on the same channel. And not only that, since it's just radio frequency, they have, what, 40 channels in them, I think? At least 40 channels. CBs do. That's what CBs have, but... Do the handhelds. They might even have more. I, I, I haven't seen a I really know. recent version of them, but uh, you're not going to be the only person out there that has that type of you know uh, equipment, so you can potentially make contact with other survivors. If CB like wouldn't this. be bad. Now, granted, yeah. mo- most CBs are vehicle-based, mm. but you can hook them up to if you have a battery or something. Yeah, yeah. It's actually, truth be told, it's a really good thing to have in your bunker. Yeah, and they have handheld CBs too. They do have them handheld, but most people get the kind like the the trucker kind, right? Like smoking the bandit, where you mount it in your car or your truck. I actually, now that you say that, I have one that's uh, it's got a like a not a battery pack, but you put like six double A's in it and slide the pack into the box. So basically, you take six double A's. Handheld type. Handheld. Oh, okay. It's a CB radio, forty channels, and everything. I usually plug it into a cigarette lighter but it does have that option so even that would be something good to have i have an old cb like you mount to your car it's currently not mounted in any vehicle so it's doing me zero good yeah but i i have it yeah if i don't need it good to have in a bunker though it is run the antenna up to wherever a high spot and once the smoke is cleared (laughs) pun smoke is cleared you miss oh the fog you're talking about the fog (laughs) yeah the fog um the movie's named it. We're not hiding anything. <laughs> <laughs> what are you talking about? Um, yeah. So then uh, uh, we see uh, that the uh, Punisher's in line to check out. We see three soldiers walk in. Then we see uh, MP pull up. Uh, we start to see police and fire vehicles driving by. Um, we kind of show all the, the activity. You hear the MP telling the three Army guys that their leave was canceled. Um, then all of a sudden we hear the disaster horn, like a, you know, like, yeah, uh, storm warning or disaster or back from like our parents' generation, air raid, air raid siren. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. but just the general alarm, somebody sounds the air raid. 
or the disaster horn. I guess for Midwesterners, a tornado siren. Tornado siren. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, yeah. Then, uh, then we see Dale. Yep. Yep. Running up. Uh, the first of the cast that yes. I won't mention yet. Running up the street. He's bloody. He says there's something in the fog. Oh, I'm sorry, the mist. I guess the mist. <laughs> we can let it out. Um, <laughs> then we see the mist rolls in. It's a, it's a thick, mm-hmm. you know, impen- almost impenetrable mist. Yeah. it's Yeah. If, if that's fog, oh, that's thick as fog I've ever seen. Yeah. Then we see a guy that uh, tries to drive away because he's like... Dale runs in. He's like, you know, get it, you know, don't go out. It's lock yourself in. There's something in the mist. This guy's like, basically, fuck that. I'm getting out of here. And he runs to his El Camino. Yes. Which I'm like, that's a kind of cool ass little it Camino. Was, it was a nice car, actually. Nice rooms on it. Yep. And uh, he took care of it. Um, and then the 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 mist rolls in, and he, can't, and he starts screaming. We can't see anything. But we hear him screaming. Um, and then someone says that they think it could be a chemical explosion. They apparently have some chemical plant. Yeah. Which. At this point, right, knowing nothing else, if it's a chemical fog or mists, in all seriousness, it could be hazardous, and he's screaming because he's choking mm-hmm. or dying, right? Acids or whatever—that's a legitimate concern. Yeah, it was actually pretty, pretty smart to to actually think that he knows there's a factory there. He obviously knows that it has something to do with chemicals, and for that guy to so instantly start screaming like that, yeah, that seems like realistically any logical human is not going to go holy shit there's this weird fog let's be honest we would call it fog there's this weird fog coming in that dude just ran out to his car because he didn't want to he want to just get the hell out of here and now he starts screaming i bet there's crazy fucking creatures in it with no. tentacles and, and tentacles teeth and, and yeah no logical person's gonna think that a logical person's gonna think it's something the actual fog mist itself is the problem yeah so yeah that makes sense i think and you'll see it throughout the movie is you're going to try to rationalize what it is because you don't know what it is it's the unknown you're going to you want to make it the known either by experiencing it which they do or by trying to make rational Mm -hmm. or irrational decisions you know uh, decisions on what it is right just some sort of observation. Yeah. Well, we'll kind of see. What could it be? Um, then there's the earthquake for some reason. Yeah. The only thing I can think of... Actually, no. I, I do remember. I did I did rationalize the earthquake. With what this ends up being, I think that was the event. Like, that was the shockwave from the event happening. You know what I mean? Like, the mist is starting to come out, but other things haven't started to come out yet. And the it, well, then ripping, how did... it ripping wide open released a shockwave, and that's what caused the earthquake. Well, then that guy already screamed and died before the oh, earthquake. Oh, he did. And Dale said there was something in the mist. So what's the... He did, you're The right. earthquake helped out in the story in one regard. Hmm. Later on. Because hmm. the... Well, basically, we, we see Marsha Gay Harden plays the, the crazy. George. She does a great job. She, she does. She, she plays the crazy religious nut. Yeah, yes. I'm not saying if you're religious, you're a nut, but this, she's a religious she's nut. nut. Yeah. Um, but at one point, she's quoting scripture about the end of days to people, which, you know, jump a little bit ahead. And she mentions an earthquake as an event. Oh. As part of a. 
I guess, a sign of the end of days. Okay. Um, so it it justifies her viewpoint, but I still don't know what the earthquake. We don't yeah, know what the earthquake the was. The reality of what caused it. I yeah, I don't know. I mean, if it's I don't know the shockwave or something exploding. They never. Yeah, I think it would. Well, yeah. Which that also, I will admit, that <laughs> leads itself to the one guy saying, much as the chemical plant blew up, which you might feel an earthquake if a chemical plant blew right, up, right. A, a heavy enough explosion, and then the f- fog or mist rolls in, and it could be hazardous. Sure, because you want to be able to see what's going on at the chemical plant just because the, the fog's already rolling in, the chemical fog is rolling in. You know that could be like one, like some canisters at the chemical plant have split open and they're starting to release the the chemicals. But obviously something's wrong there. So this could progress, progress until finally there's an explosion. You know, I want to say in Texas there was a chemical plant and there was a fire. But there's a early on fire and there's chemicals leaking and then later a little bit later on there was a huge explosion yes so you could in this case think the same thing a chemical fire these chemicals are pouring out this and this finally you know got to a certain state and then then that's the big explosion the earthquake i remember that there's video of it yes yes and it is it's fucking horrifying yeah to see the capabilities of you know like a chemical explosion It, it, it it clears the earth yeah, you just like you see the shockwave just go out across that field. It's scary. Yeah, so that's a good point. It could just be a so, fire smoldering, and then it hits the chemicals, and then boom. Other than Dale saying there's something in the mist, right? At this point, it all seems logical. And going out in a choking, poisonous mist mm-hmm. or fog, definitely a bad thing to do. And he, I mean, he doesn't necessarily even know that there is something in the mist. He just knows that the mist encompassed his friend. And then he screamed and died, and he fell down, and then he stood up and ran. Yeah, I don't think he ever, if he does, I missed it, him saying, well, I saw Mm. an arm, or I saw, like, a whatever. No, Uh, he actually says that he didn't see anything. Okay, yeah. Later, Later they ask, and he says, I didn't see what it was. It was just something that took So at this point, it just could be his imagination that, you know, he choked and died. Mm-hmm. We'll assume. Yeah. We all know what happens. But, you know, and then his friend, and he thinks there's something in the mist, and his mind is rationalizing, trying to figure out what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, then we see uh, Carol. Yeah. Looking very young. Young with her, with dark hair and... Looking good, in my opinion. I hey, I've, I wouldn't I've kick it out of bed. I always thought she was attractive. So nice. She's got a pretty face. She does. Yeah. The hair's a little short for me. Yeah, I've actually found some pictures of her, like when she was younger, she had longer hair, and I do think she looks better with the longer hair. But hey, that's her thing. Short hair's her thing. That's so, her thing. I mean, yeah. and if you beat off to it, whatever. She, <laughs> she's she rocked it for years. I mean, all this is 07. So yeah, way before the Walking Dead. What? <laughs> and when was that? 11? Was it 10? 2010? I don't know when it started. Shit. I have to look it up. I think I know that. Um, but anyway, we see Carol. She's got, you can't, you always call it a cameo because back this before that, but almost like a little cameo mm-hmm. as an unnamed woman. And she says she has to go get her kids because she left them at home while she ran to the store to get supplies. Yeah. But she left her eight year old in charge of her four year old, whatever she yeah. said. I'm like, hey, Carol, mm. that's some shitty parenting. Right. I'm not even talking about your daughter that gets bit and turns into a walker. 
Yeah, later. Later. I'm talking this is shitty parenting now. I think that was the young one that grew up later. That's what it is. Because, yeah. She, did she tell him to look at the flowers? <laughs> nice. Anyway, um, she left him at home, and then she says she uh, she no one uh, no one offers to help her go home because she has to get home to her kids. Yeah, but nobody offers to go with her to help. 2010 was Walking Dead. 2010, um, so three years later. Yeah, and you know that's I I, I see the Punisher's point of view. He's like, look, lady, I got my own kid to worry about. Right. Yeah, yeah, by all means. But the other people she's asking, I don't know. I think Norton, I see why he's not going to go based the way his character is established yeah, through the movie. He's just completely about himself. And yeah, like, yeah. so he's yeah. self... He's not... No, he's not... But I, I, I think, it, in my opinion, it painted a kind of a... I think there... I would hope somebody would have stepped up. Yeah. But it does paint a lot of people fear would not have gone with her. I, th- I think if there's 50 people in the store, let's say, five probably would have volunteered to go with her, in all honesty. Yeah. I mean, and I'm not, th- this isn't me trying to say I'm better than anybody, and I've never been in that situation, and I do know this about things I have been through. You've never been no, yeah, locked never. in a grocery store with no, a mist? No, mist outside, yeah. This has possible been. things in there killing people? I know people. most people have been through that, but I just haven't, oh, okay. haven't got to experience it yet. Um, y- you never know until you're there, but I would like to say that, let's say I was one of the single, not single, let's say that I was one of the men there that were alone. I do have family that's at home. This lady wants to get back to her kids. I hear that she has just an eight-year-old and then a younger child that's at home by themselves. I'd be like, damn, man. I, I, I would probably help her, honestly. I'd probably help her. I'd put something over my mouth because, as you said, at this point, it's more logical for this to be chemical. So i try to find something to cover my mouth, a respirator or just whatever, some rags, towels that they have in the store, and say, let's hit it, see if we can get there, get her home, and then I would get to my family um i think if you had a family and they were all at home i nobody seems to express that they're there and their family they're like their wife and kids are home as well everybody seems to be single or uh, yeah basically single the only person that expresses concern about a spouse is the punisher that's you know because of his wife yeah, that you know that is a little odd there's no way there's a whole grocery store full of people and no one well some people are old is there with their family waiting at home yeah but that's what i mean so nobody's like i agree if the situation was you're i'm not giving the punisher a pass but i see his point like something's going on i can't just drag my kid out into the whatever mm-hmm. so he he gets a, a kind of a pass because it's like you're there i'm here with my kids i I'm going to drag them into danger. I can see his point of view. I'm not saying I would do it or not do it, but I see where he's at. you got to protect your own first. Oh, yeah. And your child, even though your wife is at home, I mean, let's be honest. When it it comes down to that, my child is with me. I know my child is safe with me. Hopefully my wife, an adult, is able to hold out and handle her shit long enough for me to get there. But I'm not just going to run out into danger with my child with the complete unknown, not have any idea what the fuck is out there, if it's chemical, if it's something else, if, uh, what are we calling him? Dale. Dale. Dale is right that there are creatures out there. I'm not going to risk that. I'm just going to have to hope that she can handle herself until I can get there. 
because that, I mean, that is as much as you want to get home to your wife and make sure she's okay. That is probably, that's the most logical. And like none of the army thing. guys even step up like, ma'am, I'll go with you. I'm extremely disappointed in how they portray the military guys in this. I am very too. disappointed. And I, and I don't, and I actually, to the point that I don't agree with it because we're obviously, we're very pro-military. <clears throat> Even though we make fun of how our one military guy probably hates us because we don't know shit about, we're always throwing out military stuff and we don't know anything about it. But all that aside, we're very, very pro military, and I don't agree with the depiction that they have of the soldiers. I mean, they're soldiers. They're yeah. not. They're yeah. They would have they just because of their fabric of what it takes to just be to volunteer to be an American soldier. They would have said, "Ma'am." I'll help you. One of them I, I, would have, and I think they would have had a very much more active role in everything else that happened, all except for the one. He was the only one that had any active role at all, and his is pretty minimal. I agree. I, okay, you could argue that I get not everyone that's been in any profession knows that not everybody in that profession is of the same character as ninety something percent of them. So Fair you could enough. argue two out of the, or I'm sorry, there's three soldiers. Maybe one out of three is not of the same moral fabric as the as the general norm, but uh, but one of them, one of them probably would have you know been like you know yes ma'am you know let's let's go help her out that's what we do you know what I'm saying yeah, yeah. so I get it like not all of them I, and I agree with your numbers even yeah I think it'd be two out of three two out of three two out of three would be so I guarantee seventy you know sixty something percent. 66% of you you pull your soldiers to be like we we need help. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but yeah, but anyway, um and then we see Marsha Gay Harden. I'm calling her the Harden. Um says it's the end of days. It's the apocalypse. Perfect for this podcast. Yeah, all right. Hey. <laughs> hey, thanks Harden. She drove it home for us. Um we should hire her. We should. We couldn't afford it. No. Then the we see the people, they lock themselves in the grocery store. Um, then we are from the beginning right here. We already start to see factions yeah, or, or tribes is kind of what I'm because people are tribal and they start to form. Yeah. Like almost immediately. Yep. You because, see, oh, go ahead. Uh, when, what, what, what point are you at it right now? Are you at the point where he's starting to walk to the back? Not even, no, not even yet before that. Oh, really? You see, you see Norton talking with some people. Mm-hmm. You see Harden preaching to just a couple. Right. One or two to start with. You see the Punisher with Andrea and the name the nameless old lady, her son, um, and then the the badass old lady, the teacher lady. Oh, they're yeah. just all kind of like the you sh- see them. They're kind of all like congregated in little groups, yeah. little tribes. Yeah, I was trying to figure out who the first old lady. You're talking about the one that had like her hair was still pretty dark, but it had gray in it. And yes, it was short. It was cut real short. Just co- short. Yeah, yeah. 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 she doesn't make about. it through. No, she doesn't. So, but you. But anyway, so you kind of see like little cliques, groups, yeah. tribes. I'm calling them tribes because mm-hmm. people are tribal. Kind of already starting to kind of. Then you have some people that aren't part of a group yet. But you can kind of see little factions already starting yeah, to form the, up. They're burgeoning stages mm-hmm. of like, okay, there's five, six here, two or three here, four or five here. But in, how, how many would you say was in the store total? I'm trying to think of the mob scene near the end. At least 30. 
at I'll least. Put it right about that. Including 30 or 40. the Punisher's group, I would say probably 40, maybe a few more. Yeah. So let's say a total. I would, I'd say probably that's 50 safe. to start with. I say 50 to start with. Okay. Because I'll, because we're going to start ticking away at, you know, at numbers. Right. Slowly first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slowly <laughs> and first. Then, and then it ramps up. Okay, yeah. So fi- that, I think that's a safe number, 50 at first. And at this point, there's 50 of them. Yes. I, yeah, right around so 50. out of the 50, you've got maybe, be, let's say, 15 of them that have kind of separated into separate clans, an average of five per group. Mm-hmm. And the rest of them are still just milling around trying to figure out what the fuck's going on. Right. But it's starting. It, yes. it's That's my thing. It's starting. Yeah. And there's, that's what's so cool about the stories. It's not... It's this is a, and I love it. I can't, I mean, whatever. We love Stephen King as a writer. This is a brilliant story in the way of he, his, his duality that he has going on. He has two layers of threat. You know, you have the very ostensible threat of what's going on outside, but then you have the human threat. And it's not just like what we usually talk about watch for roaming or roving packs of marauders trying to steal your shit. No, this is purely psychological, psychological mob mentality that kind of shit it's a microcosm of the way society works sure yeah and they touch on at several points they without even, without even being subtle i don't want to say it like it, it's like it was brow beat over you but the punisher will say things like this is you know what i mean like he'll just say hey this is this or you see this or you know what i mean it's, mm-hmm. it's just like yeah and if you really i mean whether you're you're a positive or a negative person on society and how you think they would act in a in a terrible situation, I mean, at least it it, it highlights. I think it's a microcosm of society. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Punisher goes to the back, like you just kind of alluded to. He sees that the generator's smoking, so he turns it off. He hits his head and trips and falls down. <laughs> I thought that part was funny. <laughs> He's dark, unknown spot. He's hitting his head and tripping on everything possible. It's kind of funny. Why was he going back there in the first place? Because he could sm- I think he's on the smoke. Oh. Or was he going back there, or was it because uh, Dr. Zola was going to get him a blanket for the kid? That's what it was. Actually, no, uh, Dr. Zola. <laughs> Dr. Zola. Ollie. Ollie. Dr. Zola. Let's be real. The real hero mm-hmm. of this movie. I'm sorry. I'm putting it out there right now. Ollie was the true hero of this movie. I fucking love that guy. Uh Punisher was asking for a blanket for his son. He said, there's some refrigerator blankets in the back. I'm going to keep checking on people. So Ollie was going to keep, like, oh, walk around the store right. checking. Basically, he just told the Punisher, they're in the back. I got to go keep checking on people. You know, more than welcome to go get one. Right. So, yeah. Okay. I thought he was saying he's going to go get one. It kind of seemed like that at first, but then I, like, thought, no, he said he's going to go check on people. Yeah. So he passes little P off to the... Short-haired old lady. Yes. And then he heads off to the back to get a blanket. He heads off to the back. He, he smells smoke. Mm-hmm. That's when the generator's smoking, so he turns it off. Um, he uses his cell phone as a flashlight, which it's better than nothing. First time I've ever seen that. People do it all the time now. Yeah. People, but, but back, it was a flip phone. Yeah, it was a flip phone. That is the first time in a movie I've ever seen. I, I, I will say, how do I want to put this? This is the earliest movie that I've ever seen somebody do that in. Because now you will actually see the movie sometimes. Yeah. They'll be in a situation, so then the person, in the character in the movie will pull out their cell phone. Right. It's kind of a common thing anymore. Yeah. But I'm going to highlight, if you would have had a flashlight on him, a little pocket flashlight, perhaps with a lanyard, like uh, some of us carry. you have a lanyard on yours? I don't have a lanyard yes. on mine. 
Mine's like a little just clickety. So thing. I can attach it to my hand. It's got a little lanyard. Huh. I can... Oh, yeah, you've showed me that. Pretty fucking sensitive. There's your top tip right there. So it's got a lanyard on it, so I can... It's it's like a little pen flashlight. Stop saying lanyard and say what it really is. <laughs> it's a lanyard. It's a lanyard, and I can if I, if I open my hand to do things, yeah, whatever you need to there. do, it just hangs there, so you're not gonna drop it. Yeah. All right. Just to describe what you have, what what brand is it? It's, it's a cool. streamlight. I'd say it's about what, probably three inches long and only about a half an inch around. That's it's a micro nice stream, little, streamlight micro stream. Nice I'm trying light. to read it. And I, I I don't care. I'm telling what it is <laughs> because honestly, I think it's it's pretty fucking ingenuitive. It's a hair tie. Yes. It's a black girl's hair tie, the kind of thicker, thicker ones. But that's I mean, shit. That's that's simple and smart. I love simple smart ingenuity. And there's a zip tie. That was a very small zip tie. Oh, just so there's a clip, it. and I zip tied the clip. Was it not staying on without that? Well, I mean, it would. Kind of stay on, but I tighten it down so that way it, it stays attached to the clip. Yeah. Because it's got like a pocket clip, so you can even clip it on, or it's even got a hat clip if you want to clip it on the hat. And it uses, right. it uses one AAA battery. It's an LED light. Seriously. It's free. Um, Seriously, a fucking Glock symbol on it. Yeah. You kill me. It was free. I don't have 1911 on any of my shit. <laughs> Just the gun. Yeah, and the flashlight says Glock Perfection. I got for free, but I'm not telling you how. <laughs> um, so anyway, but a flashlight with a lanyard, which I, I guess it's got a little clip. I just clip it in my pocket. Mm-hmm. It rides around me forever. Every so often, I just check it to make sure the, the, the battery's good. But one AAA battery, which you can find almost anywhere. It's yeah. an LED. It runs for quite some time. Yeah. I've been doing stuff and pulled it out and used it to look. Oh, it's great having a flashlight. It's, yeah. It's, it's nice. Mine's rechargeable. Oh, that little like, one? That yeah, you, you plug it into the little USB rechargeable thing, which I love, and it's really cool. But now, kind of having some foresight, man, that could be a problem. It's, it's almost the better to have a better The recharger a thing is good because you can recharge it, but if you <clears throat> can't find a source to recharge yeah. it from, that could be the issue. Yeah, it's good for this world. Yes, but in an apocalypse, it could be a problem. Because I think with mine, I in a grocery store like that, I think I could find AAAs. Oh, yeah. You could find fucking 1,000 AAAs. Yeah, that's what I mean. In in the apocalypse, you're going to be able I to find I could grab an eight-pack of AAAs, stick them in my pocket, and that thing will run for... Yeah. I mean, I could look it up. It's like several many hundred lumens in hours, and you can run it. And, because it's an LED bulb, so it's not as... It's more efficient with the light. Yeah. So... I might have to look into switching to something like that. God, I love my little pocket light, though. We should keep it. I mean, yeah, it's good too. Yeah, but and I mean, triple A's. Here's another thing too. Triple A's in, at, at in the apocalypse are going to be fucking everywhere because most things that run on triple A, people aren't like, oh, I got to get those triple A's. That's like a fucking remote battery, right? I need to power my remote. Yeah, no, people are going to be looking for D cell, C cell. And maybe some double A's for certain things. Yep, but maybe nine volt, like some okay, yeah. radios and things. Some of them use nine True, volts. Still. Yeah, a lot of them do use radios. But that's it. But triple yeah, A's, AAA's. remotes, <laughs> and my little flashlight. <laughs> of course, now that with our dozen of fans, now I'm going to be short. No, I'm not. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> um, that'll never be a problem. No, that, you're right. That will never be a problem. <laughs> so then we see something pushing on the loading dock door, like it's pushing in on it and not banging away, but just slowly 
yeah. pushing in on it. Yeah. Like it's like it's almost found a soft spot and it's trying to Yeah. Yeah. Uh then we see a group goes back to the loading dock, the Punisher, um Zola and uh Colonel Sanders, what do I call him? What's it? Colonel Stewart. Yes, good call. Diver yes, too. and then some. Yeah, and then yeah. some kid and some other guy. Yeah, he's such a good actor. Uh, Sadler, William, William, William Sadler. Sadler. Yeah, he's been in so much. Yes, he has. He's such such a good actor. Which I just to just like movie geek side of this real quick. I just want to point out the acting in this was actually excellent, and I know that's not our focus really to like comment on the acting but i thought the acting was was fantastic in this everybody did uh each all of their respective spots and you even said uh gay harden you know as much as you hate her she did a really fucking good job because she made you hate her that's almost that's always a nod when you watch a movie or a show and you're like i can't fucking stand that guy well he did a pretty good job then didn't he because that was his job in the movie um, it goes back to it reminds me of the guy from uh, Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. the red haired guy who's like yes, yeah, the guy who's always yes, Your Honor, it's true. This man has no dick. Yes, Bill Murray says that about him. Um, that guy in real life is supposed to be one of the nicest, sweetest men in movies, but everybody in the eighties hated him. Die Hardy was a dick. Yeah, because of the roles that he was playing, everybody fucking hated him. And uh, it, it actually, like, started to depress him for a while that everybody, when he'd go out on the street in the real world, people were like, you're a fucking asshole. He's like, no, I'm a nice guy, I swear. I will give you the shirt off my back. I'm a nice guy. And right. it's, so it's funny. I mean, even his coworkers would be like, no, he is the nicest human we know. And it sucks that he gets cast in these roles because he just does such a good job at it. Well, Maybe, maybe it's just him letting the dick out. Because he's so nice all the time that that's his venting. He's for, he's repressed. Yeah, his repressed, he's a repressed dick. dick, and he has to get it out in movies. Anyway, um, yeah, everybody does a great job in this movie. Sadler when he's in the back and he's freaking the fuck out, or no, not no later when he sees the things that would freak us all out. Yes, that was. I mean, you're watching. I mean, you're like that looks genuine as hell. And then there's a moment here we're about to get to it. I'll even I'll touch on that too. But yeah. Well, and as someone, I heard somewhere, um, a gr- in order to have a great movie, for the hero needs a great villain. So I mean, you got to have somebody like fuck. I hope we kill that motherfucker. Oh god, I can't stand because that. Yeah. You know what I mean? She was a great villain. If you don't have a great villain, then you had two great villains. Yes. All these fucking creatures, and then her. Those two great villains. But yes. So I was kind of like thinking about that. I'm like. All right, usually when you have so many actors doing such a great job in a movie with their performances, makes me look back to the director. So I'm like, who the fuck was the director for this? I look it up, Frank Darabont. I'm like, that sounds really familiar. Darabont, Darabont. Yeah. The Walking Dead. Creator of The Walking Dead and has done some other fucking phenomenal work in his career. Uh, a lot of creators. Yeah, he the creator. He was he yeah. was involved in the process. He's one of the creators of The Walking Dead. Oh, that's what they have him credited as. Oh, yeah. Because what's his face, Kirkman or whatever the kind of. Yeah, he was the, okay. Probably the creator of the show. Oh, okay. Of the of the TV show, not of the whole thing. That that was obviously Kirkman. Um, but no, I mean, if you look at his, I don't know if you looked at Darabont's uh, credentials, like his movie history. 
Some in the past, dude. Have. Him and Stephen King have gone all the way back to the mid '80s. He did Night Shift for Stephen King. He did The Shawshank Redemption, a story by Stephen King. The Green Mile, obviously Stephen King. Uh, he did one more Stephen King book turned into a movie. So Darabont has done a bunch of Stephen King stuff. So obviously King likes him to do his movies, and rightfully so, because look at those Stephen King movies that we're talking about, and we know that some some of those Stephen King books that get turned into movies are a fucking train wreck, and we're just like, this is so horrible. But then others... Like what? <laughs> what was the one we did? Maximum we, Overdrive? Yeah, Maximum Overdrive. We're like, oh my God, it's so bad. Hey, King's got nobody to blame but himself. Yeah, that's true. That's why he'll never do it again. But uh, of the movies at Darabont... Or the, I'm sorry, the books that Darabont has directed into movies, they're all fucking excellent. Shawshank Redemption, The Green Mile, I mean, who can argue that those weren't excellent movies? Acting oh, yeah. Everything. The book turned into a movie, those are all excellent. And, and in my opinion, this movie we're talking about now, The Mist, I, this is this is good shit. It's a good movie. The Shawshank Redemption, obviously we'll never get to it, so no spoilers here because that's not our genre of movie. But in my opinion... One of the best acted movies involving prison rape. <laughs> Man, he really he he made he made the prison rape. Uh, hey, yeah. he, he sold it. <laughs> yeah, he sold it. Um, yeah. Anyway, he does a lot of Stephen King stuff, and he does a very good job. Yes. Uh, anyway, they're uh, in the loading dock, and they they realize the exhaust to the generator is blocked. That's why it's smoking. Um, they talk about raising the loading dock door, and then one of them, this kid, I've seen him in other movies, but. Yeah, he was, uh, I recognized him too. I'm like, where have I seen this red American Pie. Yep, American Pie. He did the Terminator, he was the Terminator guy, wasn't he? I mean, from the future. He, he, he was in the term. I think he was the kid that did the Terminator. I didn't remember that. I just remember he's from American yeah. Pie. Uh, yeah. Any, anyway, um. He he agrees to go out while Colonel Stewart fires up the generator to open and to open the door, and uh, <laughs> the funny part was that the Punisher's trying to talk him out of it, and he the kid's like pussy, yeah, because he's like I'm afraid to he's go. Like, yeah. So anyway, they open the door, and then the uh, kid and everybody's just staring in the mist to see what they can see, and then a tentacle grabs the kid's leg and tries to drag him outside. Everybody freezes except for. The co-hero, the Punisher, and uh, and the real hero. He he does something. He but actually at first, he does freeze at first. He, he does. Ever, which everyone's be like, I wouldn't freeze. But all of a sudden, like a tentacle thing comes out. Shit, like what the you, fuck is that? I'm telling you right now, a tentacle comes out of a mist that you're already questionable about. Uh, yeah, you're gonna. It's gonna take a second. I'll piss, and then I'll say, okay, I've got that out of my system now. I'm gonna act, but I'm gonna piss my pants at first because that's fucking that's scary. What is there, a fucking octopus out there? What is this thing? Now, allegedly, and maybe this is something that's said to make people feel better, but pissing and shitting yourself during a stressful situation mm-hmm. is the body's way of evacuating the body and preparing it for action. For either fight or flight. Yeah, yes. So that. you could, in theory, piss and shit yourself as long as you break into a fight immediately response afterwards. immediately afterwards. And it's just your body... Preparing itself. Just have a respectful or, or a respectable explanation after the fact. Don't just stand there in it because if you do, then you're just yeah. Now, however, <laughs> if you run or freeze, then you're called a pussy. 
I'm just throwing it yeah. out there. If you shit yourself and then kick the shit out of something, then you can be like, ah, I don't know what happened. But people are like, whatever's good. You know what? You, you didn't just stand there. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so the Punisher jumps into action to grab the kid and tries to save him. Um, the cl- there's, there's claws on the tentacle, too, if it doesn't get any worse. The second one that comes in. The yeah. second one that comes in. Whoa. And then it, it, it cuts the kid's leg, and then it comes up and cuts him in the chest. Yeah. And it, I mean, it's like instantly just rips his flesh right off. And what do the tentacles look like? Uh, like the shit monster from uh, Dreamcatcher. Bingo. That terrible movie. Bingo. I mean, that great movie. Yeah. Except Which, for it had some, it had some extra little claws on the outside, but it, it opened up like that, and it looked like that same. What's the word? Uh, vertical toothed. Yes. Had this, yes. Vagina, basically. Vagina. Like. Yeah, it looks yeah. like a tooth vagina. But, yeah. Which also had the Punisher, a.k.a. Thomas Jane, in it. Holy Dreamcatcher. shit, yeah. Dreamcatcher. Yeah. Yeah. I'm surprised that Darabont didn't direct that. No, because that one was actually pretty bad. So, but he... You're surprised he, di- he didn't direct it? Just because... It's a Stephen King adaptation? Yeah. Oh, okay. And you can tell that Darabont is a very... Uh, he's a loyal... Um, writer, director, producer, because not only has he done many of Stephen King's things, he also uses a lot of the same actors throughout his his projects that he does. I mean, right? I mean, right now we're looking at. Uh, Did Darabont do um, that Jim Carrey movie where he loses his memory? The, the Majestic? Majestic, yeah. Did he do that one? Because I, I think know. I think Andrew was in she that is. one too. She yeah. was in that one. I would not be surprised if she if he did. You and know who else is in that? Who? I think Dale's in that also. Oh, okay. Holy shit! Now well, obviously he went to do the Walking Dead, and who he brought Carol, he brought Dale, he brought Andrea. Yep, he directed it. See, see, loyal guy. Maybe he read Dreamcatcher and he looks at Steve and goes, "Listen." <laughs> I do good movies, yeah. and this is a shit show script. I cannot attach my name to this. Exactly. Love I love it. you. What this this fog one? Let's try this one. This yeah. one looks good. <laughs> of course, I don't know which one was made first. Or maybe he's like, I'm busy doing another project. What are you doing? He's fishing around his desk. This script here. <laughs> <laughs> what is that? Doctor Seuss. It's gonna be great. <laughs> Anything with this pile of shit. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, then the kid gets dragged into the mist. Um, they shut the door. Oh, oh! Doctor Zola runs and gra- everyone run- everyone cowers in the corner. They're out of fear, but Doctor Zola he runs and grabs the uh, fire axe. Yeah, and he takes a swing at the tentacle, to try to cut it, and the thing the kid gets pulled away. But he was trying. Yeah, but yeah. he misses because he got pulled away. And then so they shut the uh, as they're shutting the door. The Punisher grabs the axe and chops off part of the tentacle. Mm-hmm. So. And then, they, and then him and uh, Colonel Stewart uh, gets into a fight because uh, the Punisher's yelling at him like he wasn't doing anything, let the kid go out there and die. So he punishes Colonel Stewart. <laughs> well, there was a, 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 a very, uh, quite an argument before the kid went out between uh, not just the kid wanting to go out, but the Punisher and... and uh, Colonel Stewart. The Colonel. Yeah, the Colonel. The Colonel was like, let him go. Shut the fuck up. Let us do this. We're just going to clear his pipe real quick. You know, like 
It's no big deal. Get out of our shit. And then even, the Punisher's just continually trying to tell him, man, this is a bad idea. Why? Why are we going to push this? And he even says it. Ali says, nah, the food will be fine without the generator for a while. And he very logically says, why are we going to risk it for a generator that we don't even need? Right. Because all they would need it for was lights. Otherwise. Uh, I didn't run the lights because at the beginning there was that cashier chick and, she's, chick, excuse me, and she says that the generator only works on the frozen, doesn't do the lights or anything else. Oh, okay. Well, then fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just for the frozen food. Yeah. And the refrigerated stuff. And as long as they keep the doors shut, Ali said that stuff will last for a while. And Colonel Stewart. A.K.A. the Grim Reaper from Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. You know, that was him, too, right? Oh, that's right. It was. But I just popped in my head. But um, anyway, he was he was telling the Punisher, like, I know you think you're fancy because you went to college or all this other mm-hmm. bullshit. And, mm-hmm. But don't you, t- you talk to me like that, you'll be counting your teeth or something like that. Yeah, next time or next time you want to say something, count your teeth first because I'm sick of listening to you. I was like, that's a pretty good line. That is a pretty good line. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So, anyway. So then, and then the so Colonel Stewart and the other guy they walk away in shame because mm-hmm. um, they're all because they froze like pussies. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Um, so then uh, the Punisher and Doctor Zola discuss telling people about the creatures because they're like, should we tell them? Fuck, should, is, you know. I, again, another logical conversation. Like, is this gonna? Is it better to tell them or or is this gonna panic them more? Right. How bad do they need to know? Should we? You know, we don't want to hide it from, them, but you know, when should we tell them? You know, because it's yeah. Uh, Very realistic. See, and that's funny because I'm going to call the Punisher's group the logical group because everyone in his group has, well, except for the one that he loses to the other side, uh, they all kind of make logical decisions. Like they're not brash. Fuck, what's the lawyer guy's name? Norton. Andre Brower okay, is the character, but Norton's is oh, that's right. the Brower. actor. I'm sorry, but the, yeah, Brower. Yeah, Brower. But Norton's the character. He is more. I think he's more just manipulative with his lawyering skills, and then obviously you have the religious fanatic group. But then he his group is more like logic based. They're just people are just like no, this yeah, I don't know. Anyway, yeah, I agree. Um, but well, I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying, but I would think that like-minded people would tend to group together. Yeah, so that's definitely. why it's not that. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, and I think that is why they form their own little group because they kind of hear the Punisher saying certain things like, "No, guys, I, I, I'm not trying to make a joke. This is this is what it is." So they look at him and go, "Okay, he's a pretty realistic guy. He's not being crazy about it. He's got a calm, pretty cool head, considering what he just saw. That's the guy I'm going to gravitate to." Yeah. Fair enough. So then uh, the loading dock group decides to tell Norton about the tentacles because they think people respect him if he's on their side because he's a lawyer, big city lawyer. Because Ali, Dr. Zola, says that you know he's going to be up for like the Supreme Court or the bench or something because oh. he's – so I don't think they figure, well, let's talk to him because, you know – He'll be able to disseminate the message. I guess more. Yeah, eloquently I, I think that's what they're trying to do. Yeah, or maybe even also because they already see that he kind of has his own little group growing over there. So uh, yeah, I don't know if that was like, like, political. Right. Like, let's bring that group in. Yeah, he's already got ten people over there. Let's tell him he can tell those ten people, and we'll just you know keep the keep the momentum going. Uh, but then he thinks it's a joke. And he thinks they're trying to punk him. Yeah, he didn't use the term punk. I'm using the term punk. Yeah, he started looking around because he thinks saying, that, "Where's Ashton?" 
Cause, yeah, where's Ash? Because he <laughs> thinks the Punisher's messing them because they got into a lawsuit yeah. before the movie and the Punisher won the lawsuit. Yeah. And I don't know. Some property battle. I guess. I, I guess. Don't I don't know. Um, he, he mentions it at the very beginning when he's talking about the boathouse. He's telling right. his wife. He goes, she kind of gives him a look like, don't go over there and start shit. And he says, one property dispute is good enough for is a life. property dispute? There's yeah. a lawsuit, but I can't remember. Maybe whatever. He said something to do with property is enough for a lifetime with this guy. So it sounds like they had some something to do with their properties. All right. And then the Punisher decides to tell everybody about the tentacles and the creatures in the mist. Yeah, because the, Brower's not having it. So he's like, fuck it. Oh, I think Ollie's even. He's goes, you know what? All right, you tell him. Ollie's stepping up again. Yeah, yeah. Saying, okay, if this guy doesn't want to listen to us, you, you tell him, Punisher. He's like, listen up, everybody. He's got something he wants to tell you. And then the just, store manager. So like, love that part. Are you drinking beer? He's like, I'm writing all your names down. He goes, you know what? Write my name down. But for right now, shut the fuck up and listen. I love that. <laughs> He's like, shut the fuck up and listen. And the manager's like, what? Yep. Because he realizes the gravity of the situation. He realizes, you know what? You may, you may be my manager in the world past, but things are different now. And I don't give a shit if you write me up or not, because all that is gone. I love scenes like that, so I don't know if you noticed. I, the first time I didn't notice, I rewound it back for that, because then he was, when Ollie's like, yeah, you can write me up, but shut the fuck up, because I thought it was funny, and I wanted to roll back. And did you hear Did you hear that? When he's like, shut the fuck up, and you hear this like, clanking noise. <laughs> it's his balls. It's his brass floor. balls <laughs> clanging together, because he ain't fucking scared of shit. No, he's not. And I want to touch on that. And that's why I think Ali is the. I, that's why I love Ali as this as the hero in the show in this movie. He's like this. Well, the, the actor's a great actor. Yeah, he is. He's a good. But he's actor. this quirky little weird looking kind of misshapen guy. Right. He is the most unassuming person that you would think would be the guy to stand up in that is a great point because in life you're people that are actual heroes you're people that have the fucking fiber of their fabric that have the gumption that are going to be the ones to step up and say okay i guess basically we can use this movie as an example every hero is not going to look like fucking pretty tom jane no he's always going to be like that sometimes it's going to be the short fat guy that's balding who's going to step up and say you know what hey yeah yeah, I know how to do that. I know how to swing an axe. I know how to shoot a gun. I got a fucking pair of balls. You people are all bitches. Uh, pretty boy Tom Jane, step aside. Let me run this shit. It's, it's going to be that guy sometimes. And this is named Frank. Huh? What? Whose name is Frank? <laughs> oh. <laughs> you said the short <laughs> Hey, hey. Whoa, you're giving up my identity. Here. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Does he have six fingers on his right hand like you do, too? No, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's called polydactyl. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree that Hollywood has left us with this image that, you know, the tall, chis I'm not saying, you know, out of shape, but chiseled, you know, yeah. bodybuilder looking guy with, you know, the square jaw and the blue eyes and the, you know. Is going to be the hero. He's the hero. Yeah. That's what we think of. We're, that can be the case, but it's not always the case. You right. know, the. You know, unassuming looking guy who's got the skills and all that kind of stuff. Maybe not yeah. the best looking, but I, I try real hard. I mean, um <laughs> And we're both gonna and I'm not gonna say why or how, but we've I know we've both seen this. We have both seen that guy be the one to cower when other people are the ones stepping up. 
that is seen, true. We've seen situations where that happens. That is true. So in I real agree. life, yeah. Um. So then, some people, well, like the manager and I can't remember who else that hadn't seen it go back into the uh, loading dock, and they see the blood and they see the tentacle chunk. They take like a. The biker guy goes back to the biker guy because he's the one that pokes it. Okay, yeah, I love and that biker it, guy. And then it looks like Ron Perlman. Yeah. It's not, but he he looks like him. He could be his brother. Yeah, and Ron yeah. Perlman's awesome. I oh, love Ron Perlman. And then the tentacle melts. Yeah. Really, Stephen King? Really? Why? It's laying there with some sort of life left in it. They poke it, and it kind of reacts and goes after what's... And then it... It quits. It just gives up? Gives up and turns black and melts into... I, what was, the fuck was that? It, it's not... It would have... As lame and gimmicky as it is, yes, lame and gimmicky, it would have made more sense if it would have dissolved and walked back and I would be like, let's go see. And they go back and see, like, I see goo. I don't see a tentacle. And if it would have been, if it would have continued this disbelief in some people, mm-hmm. as a plot device, it would have made sense. Sure. Gimmicky, but made sense. But they didn't even exploit it in that fashion. So I don't know why. Yeah. Because at no point did Norton and. Andre Brower say you're full of shit. Let me go look and then be like, I just see goo, you fuckers. Yep. yep. You know what I mean? So I don't understand. It would have it would have definitely been, as you say, a plot device to more um, to more de- delineate the two or the the groups yeah. from each other. It would have drew those lines even harder in between. You know, who believes what, who thinks it's religious, who thinks it's just full of shit, and the ones that are like, no, we saw it, and it's real. So, yeah. But it wasn't used that way, so that's... I just... I'm like... So, anyway. Yeah. So, uh, so then they decide um, to shore up the front, because it's all plate glass, obviously. They duct tape the uh, cracks right in the window from the earthquake, which was reinforced. It was a good idea. Mm-hmm. Um We see Harden praying in the bathroom when Andrew walks in to take a shit. I mean, a pee. I mean, a pee. <laughs> Uh, we learn Harden's a crazy bitch. We kind of knew that, but she really solidifies it because Andrew just says, tries to be her friend. Mm-hmm. Okay, if you want to talk to anybody, I know it's rough. And she's like, I talk to God, and if I want a friend, I'll shit one out or yeah. something. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Like, she wasn't just crazy. She was like a bitch, too. Mm-hmm. So then uh, they start stacking uh, dog food bags in front of the windows, which. Hey. With what they have, great mm-hmm. idea. Did you notice they also made like little, yeah, little, little holes to look out? Yep. So they could be kind of, not cower, but protected by the dog food, like kneel down, which is a good idea. Yeah, it's like ramparts. It was, yeah, ramparts. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's perfect. Who the fuck thought of that? That setup in the front, because it was it was smart a good, and well It was very out. good. Yeah. Um, then we see Harden starting to preach from the Bible. She says it's the end of days, so it's an apocalypse. Thank you again, Harden. Um, Andrea slaps Harden because... The crazy shit she's talking. Right right after the colonel wants to punch her in the mouth. He, he kind of goes after her. He's like, shut up, you crazy bitch. And they all hold him back. And then two seconds later, Andrea walks up and slaps the taste out of her mouth. And he's like, why does she get to slap her? I'll get to hit her. Yeah. <laughs> um, then Dr. Zola threatens to tape her mouth shut. So yeah. she stops talking. They talk about, they discuss making torches and using knives because they got knives and Stuff to make torches, so okay. Even having read the book and have seen the movie before, as soon as they said torches, I'm like, torches are a bad fucking idea inside of a grocery store. I'm sorry, it's not a good idea. I, I, 
I don't know. I think the way they they were deployed, the way they were set up to be deployed was bad. It, it had some thinking, but they didn't like position them properly at the front. The, the, it was all haphazard and and they filled the buckets with the lighter fluid or yeah whatever it's it was. kerosene oh, base. Okay. So they filled the buckets with the kerosene and then just had the mop sitting in the buckets, which for a rapid deployment, sure, that's a good idea. But to light the fire right over the bucket of the flammable liquid, I just, I thought it was, it was just not a good idea. And I, I don't know. It makes me almost think of, put it this way. Let's say you're at home when this happens. This is is what I'm thinking. Let's say you're at home when this happens and you're, you're, locked into your house and you're like fuck there's these creatures out there what if they come in would one of your ideas be let's make a torch out of a mop in your house it wouldn't be one of my ideas because i would say no no that has high potential to burn the fucking place down let's not do that let's not burn the place down around us let's find some other weapons i would make molotov cocktails throw them outside adam sure no no for inside <laughs> the spirits zambui i would just uh, you know i would not be throwing any spirits that stuff is staying in the cabinet <laughs> i need that for later um yeah, I, I thought i thought the point of the torches were to like stick out the like like one guy's using like at the window like as a deterrent i i get you're saying you know you burn the place down you got people just grabbing torches and yeah i think uh such a a ball of fire indoors is just where you're all holed up at it. I don't know. It's just not a good way to preserve your your uh, shelter, basically. True. I don't know. That was my thought. But during their weapon discussion, um, they asked the manager if he has any guns. Mm-hmm. He goes, no. And then Andrew pulls out a six-shooter. Mm-hmm. It looks like a little, little Colt two-inch barrel. And she has two speed loaders. The gun's not loaded, but she has two speed loaders. So it's worthless. So until- we have twelve. We have twelve total rounds. That that becomes important. But we have twelve becomes total very. Rounds. Oh, it does become very important. <laughs> and then we learned that uh, Ali, aka uh, Doctor Zola, was a was the nineteen ninety four target shooting champion. Yes, target shooter. And he was a shooting state champion, champion, state champion. I don't mm-hmm. know if he's pistol, but he's a shooting. So he knows how to use a firearm, mm-hmm. and he obviously is a state champion at it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got some skill. Yeah, it doesn't matter what he uses a state champion at shooting because why? It's still just two sights and a trigger. Yep. It's all the fire. Yeah, armor. exactly. You use a rifle. You can use a pistol. You can use a shotgun. You can use anything. It's just a trigger and a sight. So then Norton decides they say he want to leave um, his group. He decides that his people, his tribe, he says, my people. He says that my people are going. Mm-hmm. So, again, tribal. Um, so then... Punisher says, well, why don't we tie this rope around your waist? And he's like, why? He goes, well, at least I know you made it 300 feet. And then the uh, biker guy says, I'll do it. Because the, one of the old guys says he's got a shotgun in his truck. Calling him Captain Mustache. Captain Mustache. That was an impressive mustache. It was fucking impressive. That was like, that was Sam Elliott level mustache that thing was amazing are you talking about the actor or the mustache because i thought it was two different credits like the mustache <laughs> they, got a different credit than they, yeah they do credit sam elliott's mustache different separately but. yes <laughs> um and he says he'll go get the shotgun and we're gonna need it out of your truck mm-hmm. he tells him where it's, he, the, the biker saw the truck when he came in they had the shotgun in it because mm-hmm. he's just the type and then uh they try to offer him i thought it's funny try to offer the biker like a little 
kitchen knife. Yeah, yeah. He's got like a fucking Bowie knife. He's like, how about I got this? Yeah. All right. He says something about cutting himself loose once he gets there, though. Is he going to? I I was I was unclear on this, and I probably should have rewound it. It did sound like he said, "I'll go get that shotgun. We're gonna need it." But then, I thought he said, "When I get out there to the truck, I'm gonna cut myself loose." And he said, "Sorry," almost saying, "Once I get that shotgun, I'm out of here." See you, bitches. Yeah, like I got the keys to your pickup truck. Sorry, man. I'm taking your truck and I'm taking the shotgun. Once I make it there, I'm cutting myself loose and I'm out. Now, that's something I thought I need to watch again. again I have I, to rewind it. I was thought I thought he was indicating that he had the knife in case he needed to cut himself loose because he got tangled. Oh, but maybe I could be wrong. Yeah, definitely worth watching again. Although the guy may have been just like, I'm out of here. I'm leaving too. But they're like, whatever. We just want to see if you make it 300 feet. I mean, you know what I mean? Right. They're like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And the old man's probably the only one that's like. The old man's kind of like, you got the balls to do it. Here's my keys. You know what I mean? Seriously. He's probably like. And if he's like, I'm taking your truck and your shotgun, he's probably like, well, I can't can't blame you. Good luck. The old guy's probably like, well, if you make it, then I know that maybe we got a shot to get out of here. I mean. Sure. Nobody seemed to be upset, so it wasn't like you're like, "What the fuck?" You yeah, know, you're not taking my truck and my shotgun. He's just like, "Yeah, yeah." So then it was a it was a group of eight. I counted. I tried to count. So Brower's or Brower Norton's group was was eight mm-hmm. and a biker. So we're at fifty. The kid gets killed, and then these nine are leaving. So there's ten. So now you're down to forty. We'll say forty. Okay. Yep. They go out in the mist. The rope is following him. Then it goes slack all of a sudden. Before he goes out, though, he says something I thought was a, a very important piece of dialogue in this movie. Right oh, to Harden? He, yeah, he turns to Harden. He goes, you know what, lady? I believe in God, too. He goes, but I don't think he's a what a, a masochist. Kissed, what does he say? Uh, basically, I don't think he's a big piece of shit like a you bru- do. A brutal, you know, asshole like you think he is. Basically saying, my belief in God is not that he would do this to humankind. You know, so back off on the whole apocalypse this is all meant to be shit you crazy bitch but she goes into it at one point that she's not when she talks about god she's talking about the old testament the israelite god as she called him the the blood and revenge and that's what she's latching on to yeah clearly yeah clearly yeah so then and then all the yeah so then all of a sudden the uh, rope tightens and they get rope burn which what the fuck were they thinking in the first place? I know. Like, oh, we're going to drag you back real quick. What about rope burn? And it's it, it's like uh, clothesline. It's not it's not like a good rope. It's clothesline. Yarn, yarn burn, I guess you should say yarn, yarn burn. burn. But you're not going to pull a... That dude, that is a big dude. He's, he's like a good 200 pounds, six foot six two, foot, probably yeah. 200... Solid guy. Yeah, he's probably 230, 240. Yeah. And you're going to pull him back in clothesline? So, yeah, not... They shouldn't even have been... Using the the rope quotes in that fashion, it really should have just been uh, a, a depth gauge that they're sending out. Like, You're right. Don't try to hold the fucking thing. Just let it go and see how far he makes it. I guess it makes it more compelling that way. Well, it definitely was. But then all of a sudden, the it takes four guys to stop the rope. So that tells you something right there. And then you notice the rope went up into the air. Yes. So it wasn't just like pulling taut straight. It was pulling taut up into the yeah. air. It was like it pulled it all the way up into the corner of the door and was even going up then some. As soon as I saw the rope go up like that, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah. I'd let go and I'd be like, whatever that is, we have confirmed. 
there's a fucking issue outside. <laughs> and well, but then they lose, they fall back because the slack or the the tension's gone. Yeah. So they decide they decide to pull back on the rope, and it starts to come back. It's bloody, and then they get to see the bottom half of the biker. Yeah. Is all that's left just for the waist. Like, down. like yeah, sheen clear in half. Yep. So they cut the rope and they shut the door, which at that point probably a good plan. Yeah, but they just leave this chunk of meat sitting right outside the door. Like, hey, there's an appetizer. Whatever creature, I agree. But was. who's gonna volunteer to run out there and move it? Like, uh, seriously? No. Yep. Oh, the, it definitely is gonna stay there. I'm just saying it. Yes, just but it's not good for a you. Good situation. No, no, no. <laughs> so then it's nighttime, and we see some bug things fly at the window and try to get in. I'd say they're about the size of cats. Like, the bugs are about the size of cats. So, I mean, they're not, yeah. when I say bugs, yeah. I'm sure people have seen this, but who haven't? That, you know. Yeah, I'll give you that. About yeah. the size of a cat. So, that's a big-ass yeah. bug. <laughs> yeah, I hate bugs, too. Yeah, I didn't like that at all. Like, uh, the other creature. The tentacle thing, weird, but... They have stingers, someone notes, when they're up against the glass. Uh, gay Harden. Harden. She yeah. got hard. Something. Like, the bugs, like, excite her, because they're they, the locusty enough. Mm-hmm. That it made her talk about, you know, locusts and the Bible and plague and all that stuff. Um, then we see a big flying thing. It's going after the bugs to eat them. Right. But it smashes into the window. Yeah, it was very P. pterodactyl-ish. I thought pterodactyl, too. It's P. pterodactyl. Pterodactyl? <laughs> and it starts smashing the window. Yeah. Going after the bugs. Because it doesn't fucking know any better. It just wants its food. Let's take, well, yeah, take just, whatever it can get. But yeah. yeah, the bugs are its main source of food. And then it breaks. Uh, they keep hitting it. They keep trying to reinforce it. And then it breaks the glass. Um, and bugs start getting in. Uh, one stings the cashier, the kind of hot cashier girl. Yeah. At the army guy. Yep. One to bang. Yeah. The one army guy that was worth the shit. Yeah. Random army guy, whatever his name was, <laughs> that, that had a line. Um, then they. Tra- they tra- <laughs> Try to light the mop torches. And, and disaster they, ensues. First, they can't light one. They're lighting, lighting, lighting. Um, she, Anna uses a rake to kill a bug. Uh, the big bird attacks and kills a guy yeah, as finally, he's smashing a bug. Right. They finally get inside. Yeah. And they it rips his throat out or his neck out from the back. Mm-hmm. Um, Something that's interesting that I actually just thought of with these pterodactyls. And the bugs, and you saying that that's their main source of food. That very much shows that they are coming from one um, ecosystem. Thank you, ecosystem. And they've basically just been thrust into another, you know, planet. But their ecosystem, as far as their, you know, basic way of thinking, is the same. When the pterodactyls come in and they're chasing the bugs around the grocery store, they're not like, I'm going to get that. Hey, no, there's another thing. I'm going to eat that instead. No, they're chasing the bugs. They're right. flying around the store chasing the bugs because to them, this is my food. This is my ecosystem. I'm going to get what I usually eat, not just all these other things. I mean, they do eventually, but initially they're going after what they consider to be their main food source. So that shows that they came from their own ecosystem. And yeah. No, they adapted and ate that. Ripped that guy's neck out and killed him. But the bug was right under him. Right. Was it kind of like, there's my, ah, I'll just eat this thing that's underneath me. I'll for try this now. thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, we see the cashier girl swells up and dies because of the sting. 
Nasty. Yeah. Uh, a guy, I think his name was Joe, but a guy with a lit torch. He lights his torch on fire. He then runs, knocks over the mop bucket with all the lighter fluid kerosene in it. He lights himself on fire. Slips and falls in the kerosene. Yes. And then catches him. And runs around on fire until somebody puts him out. Suck. Uh, the Punisher catches a bug on, was it a bug or a pterodactyl? He catches something on fire. The pterodactyl. Pterodactyl. Yeah. He breaks off the mop head and then proceeds to run and beat it to death, which, mm-hmm. all right, you're not a pussy. Yeah. Get a little fit of rage there. Yes. Um, this doesn't help, but Harden has a bug land on her. <laughs> And then it doesn't sting her. Yeah, she says some, like... I'm your vessel, I'm your, you know... Yeah, uh, whatever it is. It just further confirms her religious belief. Yeah. Now, I'm not taking her side, but... Hypothetically, if you were her, and she truly believes what she believes, Mm -hmm. and this thing doesn't sting her, it obviously is going to reinforce in her crazy mind that... Mm -hmm. I'm right. Yeah. Because it didn't sting me because I'm following this path. And by following this path. Yeah. I don't remember exact words, but she was basically saying, I am your servant. I will do, you know, whatever you want. And my fate is yours. Saying that kind of like, like she's speaking to God. My fate is yours. I will do your, you know, your bidding. I love when women say that to me. And <laughs> never had it. But I'm sure it'd be never great. Happened, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it would but, be great. Uh, yeah, it probably would be. <laughs> I'm sure uh, Tom Jane knows what that's like, but we never will. <laughs> he is hung. Yeah, exactly. He is hung. Not only is he the Punisher, he's hung. But, yeah, that just just sends her religious psychoticness over the fucking deep end. Yeah. As if it wasn't bad enough. Well, yeah. If she got stung, then she'd be like, shit. Yeah. That would have been the end of... Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. I don't believe it anymore. Yeah. Well, she, yeah, but she, yeah. Anyway. So then Dr. Zola shoots and kills a pterodactyl. Uh, to save little P. Oh yeah, yeah. He shoots it once and shoots it once and clips, wounds it. Wounds it, and then it, like it's limping over. Looks mm-hmm. like it's gonna attack little P. Then Punisher jumps and gets little P out of the way, and then he shoots it again yep. and kills it. So and he is very accurate. Yeah, yeah. I, I like the fact that instead of just somebody with a, I, I got to you know grabs a gun and starts shooting things. Like why is he so good? You know, it at least explains why that. Well, you know, I competed at whatever level yeah. mark so he's got That's a good point yeah they, they give it a little backstory very non Shyamalan yes Shyamalan kind of like suck a dick suck a dick yeah very, yeah Shyamalama ding dong yeah anybody listens knows we hate Shyamalan kind of like I liked not just because we do I like Shaun of the Dead that nobody's ever used a gun before and they're not just out there like Boom, zombie, boom, zombie, boom, yep. zombie, boom. You know what I mean? Yeah, very it. <laughs> love that fucking movie. I, do, I know, but not just because we love the movie. It's, it's some realism there. Yeah, and it's London. There's no gun. There's no legal gun right. ownership in London, only the police. Correct. So that makes sense because the vast majority of the population of London is going to have never touched a gun before. So, yeah, and they just absolutely suck. Yeah. So you take it. I'm rubbish. I'm rubbish. <laughs> um, so then we see some people. Starting to begin, more people are starting to side with Harden because she said they're going to come at night. They, the one didn't attack her. She's, I think, at some point reading scripture about locusts and earthquakes and mm-hmm. things are fitting yes. just enough into her narrative 
of her religious, you know, banter, the people are starting to go, holy shit, she's psychic. She's she's talking to God. She knows what's happening next. Hell says they, she's a prophet. She's yeah, she's a prophet. Been delivered to us and for whatever, yeah. Right, and it's really, she's just getting things just right enough to be able to convince them. Because let's be realistic, it's pretty easy to figure out that if there's creatures out there, they're going to be more active at night. That's, yes, that's, that's pers- just, yeah. And even if it's not a safe bet, it's 50-50. So either way, she, yeah. So so then we see Burn Bob is still alive. Um, he's burned badly in terrible pain, and he's asking to die. <sighs> he asked for the gun mm-hmm. because he wants to shoot himself. They won't do it, which. How do you tell him no? How do you tell him no? You know what I mean? That situation, as bad as things are, and he. Yeah, how do you tell him, though? His brother's there, too, though. Right. What was his brother's name? I think his name is Joe. One of them's named Joe. One of them's named Joe. Maybe it's the brother's Joe. The burn one's Joe, I think, and then the other one's Bob. So the other one's Bob. One's Bob, one's Joe. Definitely, there's got to be a Bob. There's always a Bob. uh, Yeah, his brother's there, so I can see that being like, no, I'm not letting that happen. Yeah. So... Um, And then we see the the short-haired old lady that was watching... Little P mm. decides to take a bunch of pills and commit suicide. Yeah, she's taking a nap, so the Punisher thought. Yeah. And then he checked, and it was, yeah, a long, long nap. <laughs> Which, mm-hmm. you're gonna, people are going to do that. Yes. They saw all that, and they're going to check out. I can't yeah. take it. I'm going to check out because now I don't have to feel it, yep. the pain. So I got this stuff in my purse, and if I take enough of them, yep. Yep. Um, and so then when they're in the back, as they move the, the old lady's body into the back of all the other bodies, Punisher, Dale, Andrea, Dr. Zola, I want to say the store manager, whatever his name is, they're starting to discuss Harden, her congregation, mm-hmm. how she's she's got four. By tomorrow she'll have four more. And then, you know what I mean? They're going to keep coming to her side. They should escape. And yep. this is another point where the Punisher discusses society breaking down. He goes... Yeah, the rules are great, but when you can call 911, the machines are working. But when you don't have that anymore, you know, what What? What happens then? And he's actually right. It's a microcosm of what can happen. Yep. And you add fear. And they have a, they have actually a very cool little discussion there about that, that entire topic. Um, a few of them actually have their own separate things to say. And it all is very true about how people are just going to be people. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Um so then uh, Punisher, Dr. Zola, Dale, wow, some other guys, and that old lady, the castle, the badass old lady, I'm oh, calling yeah, her. She's, she's awesome. Oh, and one of the, the army guy that has a little bit of dialogue that does a few things. Yeah. They decide they're going to go to the pharmacy to get supplies, get supplies in general, and to help out Burn Bob because mm-hmm. he needs some antibiotics and some painkillers and stuff. So um, I think it's, you know, Harden says it's a bad idea. It's going to bring the creatures Back to them. Then the badass old lady cracks her in the head with a can of peas. I thought that was fucking pretty cool. And the old lady's like, I can stone you. It's in the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody takes a shot at at, uh, at her at one point or another. Slap, punch, yeah. throw something, this, that. <laughs> Except for that one. There's a one crazy. There's another lady that quickly, quickly jumps on Harden's side. The lady that's. Curly hair shirt, or whatever. Dark yeah. Curly hair. Yeah, yeah. She's with her in from almost the beginning and she you could t- and then by some things that happened near the end, almost like to her, I don't say second command, but you know what I'm saying, like she's very much right yeah. there with yeah, her. Yeah, she's like her 
Yeah. Yeah, right hand man, we're gonna call it. Yeah. Um, so then they go. The see the pharmacy doors are open and the mist is inside. Propped open. Yeah, propped open. Uh, which a small town, nice site. You might pop your doors open. Well, and there's no power there's too. No power, yeah. Gets no breeze in there. You, you don't know. It's yeah. Get light and some air moving through there. It makes perfect sense. Um, they, they don't know what's about to hit. They yeah, and you, you notice there's kind of they kind of glossed over, but you see there's kind of like hints of webbing all over the place. Um, they go behind the counter and they collect the drugs and supplies, and then Sather's or uh, Stewart's like, "We gotta get out of here." Why? I hear something that doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't sound good. I think in this place, they go to investigate, which, I'm sorry, in this apocalypse, your weapons, they go with, uh, Punisher's got an axe, they got some broomsticks, spears, uh, Ollie's got the gun, but, you know, a few things like that. Oh, oh the uh, the brother of the burn guy's got a knife taped to a broomstick. Okay. Those are the weapons that you got. You, you know what you're dealing with. If you heard some funny noise... I think we got here. I hear some funny noise. Let's go. You know what I mean? They don't. They go to investigate. I'm like, let's go. Yeah, yeah, exactly. We are not equipped for this. We were coming to look. We I, got the, we got the drugs. Let's, let's get the fuck out yeah, of here. Exactly. Let's not stick around. And um, let's be honest. I don't know how you feel about them, but as soon as I walked in there and saw webs everywhere, I'd be like, I'm out. I'll see you back at the grocery store. Yeah, no. I like. I don't like spiders. We already know that there's giant creatures in this, mm-hmm. and we see webbing. Mm-hmm. I'm already making the connection of giant webbing, giant spider. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> Is that a cob? Oh, that's, uh, the webbing. We're out. That's just cobwebs. No, no, it's webbing. I'm out. You call whatever you want. <laughs> uh, but then we see people are cocooned mm-hmm. against the ceiling and the walls. Yeah. So I'm still thinking spiders. How... As soon as they see that, how are they not instantly sprinting the fuck out of that store? Because they're not. They're just like, oh, my God, that's terrible. That's strange. Let's slowly back out of this store. No. I'm in full sprint at that point. Yes. (laughs) Um, And then the MP is that we saw earlier, the Mm -hmm. Army MP. He's cocooned to the wall. And he grabs Colonel Stewart, probably because he's a commanding officer. And it says, says like, he's sorry, it's his fault, they shouldn't have done it. Uh, and then we see uh, spiders are hatching from inside him. Ugh. Yeah, that was that was Ugh. bad. Um, and then he, at some point, I just, he falls over on the ground and his oh, like, bursts man. open, little spiders come yeah, everywhere. falls out. Because they're trying to cut him out of the webbing. They get him mostly loose, but not completely. He's still kind of stuck up there a little bit. And then, yeah, with all the moving around, because he starts freaking out and screaming, I can feel him inside me, and gross. Then we see a spider jump up, and Dr. Zola shoots it and kills it. Yep. Again, badass. Dead on. Then more uh, spiders show up, and they start shooting their webs, but they're acid webs. Like, they're shooting like little acid webs. Yeah, just one little tendril of webbing, but but it falls on the floor and starts to burn, which, man, I'll tell you what. Got to hand to Stephen King. He knows how to make things fucking horrifying. It's not bad enough that they're. That's what I mean. It's it's like, really? It's not bad enough that they have to have acid webs? Yeah. A large spiked spider that's the size of a dog. That's how they describe it in in the book. They say about the size of a dog. Yeah, about the size of a dog. If you notice the ones inside, they were smaller than when they went outside. The ones that were outside were much larger, probably two to three times the size. So 
I think the ones inside may be females. That's why they're smaller. Could be. The males are ones outside protecting the nest. Could be. That would make sense. Or there was little ones. Those could be, you know, not fully matured yet. Juveniles. Juveniles. Sure. But uh, the only thing that could have made the spiders worse is because they ate people and they had acid web is right before they webbed you is you notice they got one of their, I don't say claws, but uh, limbs. We'll see limbs. (laughs) It's going, it's rubbing it. Going, exactly. it's, it's acid cum. That's acid, the only thing that can make it worse. Like, it shot its it web. You're shooting your jizz on me? You gave me an acid web load? Thanks. <laughs> that's fucking terrible. Yeah, that's insulting as I die. Um, <laughs> yeah, so then out of all this, one guy dies. Some guy. He gets jumped by a spider. One of these guys is, we, oh, yeah, you were in the store, weren't you? Yeah. Um, yeah the brother of the burn guy, he gets the his leg gets the acid yes, web, which, which caused him to die. Which was in the book. Okay. Somebody in the book gets one around their leg like that. Where yeah. It, it wraps all the way around their leg, but in the book, it 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 sh- takes the leg it straight off. off through the bone and everything. So, yeah. Um, the old lady makes a blowtorch out of out of fucking can and a bug lighter. Spray. It bug was spray. Actually, it was right. actual bug spray and then a lighter, so it was kind of fucking badass old lady. <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then uh, Dale spears a spider as they're trying to leave. He he's got that. Mop spear, he runs up and stabs yeah, one. Yeah, that because was, that was a male. That was a large one. I think it was fucking huge. Because Ollie, Doctor Zola, went to shoot it, and he was out. He ran. He uses six. That's right. That's right. And they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty good about round count. In this they were. Movie. They were good about round count. Yeah, they, they, they didn't weren't fucking around. Two. Was... He used two on the P pterodactyl, mm-hmm. and then I remember saying he only used four. He used four in the stats, the pharmacy, to kill the spiders. Yeah. And obviously he reloads at some point because later in the movie I think they only go through six. Yeah, total, total, for sure, mm-hmm. definitely. Yep. Um, some good shooting tactics inside the store though. The colonel pairs up with with uh, Ollie and he is using the flashlight and pointing out targets for Ollie. Right. So he's not he's in a dark store instead of being able to see. He points out a target and he's standing shoulder to shoulder with Ollie. He'll point out the target. Ollie will raise and shoot. So that was good. Some good tactics. Yeah, I, mean, I, I agree. If you don't have, if you're not running your own light, then sure, have your partner run a light. It's a good idea. Well, I mean, you only got yeah. one gun. Yeah, it works. You got to make it count. Uh, so then uh, they get back to the store, or the I'm sorry, the, the survivors of that get back to the grocery store. Mm-hmm. We find out that Burn Bob dies. This is where Stuart. You can tell he just lost his oh, shit because man. of that. Yeah, he freaked. I mean, when they were in was the one of the guys that got killed his buddy from earlier? No, 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 Myron. No, Myron, that his name? Myron keeps he's he's still in it almost all the way to the end. Oh, okay, yeah. No, as a matter like, of fact, Myron's in it all the way out to the parking lot when they're heading out. Oh, because he's still with not he's not with his but with no, Colonel Stewart still, anymore. He's still on. Yep, he's on Logical Team Logic. Team. Yeah, Team Logic. He's still on Team Logic. They separate because yeah, Stewart fucking loses it from the pharmacy he was he was screaming like a girl in the pharmacy another good piece of acting by the way oh yeah yeah i mean he harden's great great actor yeah hi sadler or sadler yeah <laughs> sadler Harden's great too she is yeah i say because harden then she gets the people all whipped up on, on her side she gets a majority of the people like to agree with her yeah so yeah so then bad. yeah so then the punisher goes to talk to the soldiers and uh he ends up jesus christ so then, like, he we see the one soldier who was at the pharmacy did mm-hmm. he go to the pharmacy with yeah. him yeah yeah, yeah he, he went to the pharmacy. pharmacy and uh the one that was kind of was macking on the dead cashier lady the soldiers really only done anything 
and we go into the back and we find his two buddies are hanging hung themselves mm-hmm. to death from the a raft or whatever mm-hmm. which really mm. i guess maybe and he's saying i can't i didn't think they would actually do it and he mentions that he told them about what the mp said which freaked them out so they hung themselves yeah they kind of knew that what was going on and it was they were somewhat culpable for it um so then uh, Colonel Stewart is, he goes back there and grabs the soldier and drags him out and ba- yeah through, and through the crowd and through all this basically we come to discover that the army was trying to open doors to other dimensions yep and uh, that that's that hardens the army's fault which the only thing I found d- disbelief that I'm sorry that I had disbelief for was at one point the army guy was on his knees. And he's talking, and Harden walks up and chokes him, Kimmy. and he acts like he's actually like let she he lets her choke him, and he and, and it it seems like she's just has the strength of a you know of a strong man like he's like he's fucking dying from give me a break I didn't like that either I that was, was he could have slapped that bitch away I'm sorry I, I'm not uh, hashtag me too. Never raise your hand to a woman. Sure. Unless they deserve it. I mean, I never <laughs> raise a hand to a woman. I'm kidding. I'm Unless kidding. she's choking you to death. Unless she's, but if she's choking you to death. In a mob. I think we can all agree that you're allowed to slap said person away. Yeah, regardless of if you feel the pressure gender. coming in that your life is probably in, yes. be in danger. But I, sure. I'm like, really? She's this army guy mm-hmm. who's, you know, is getting choked out by this crazy old lady. Again, dis- again, disappointed, and I disagree with the portrayal of the I don't, soldiers. I don't think this crazy old lady. Uh, the only way that you would have me is if someone's talking to a crazy old lady, and the guy's like, "Yeah, she, uh, I, she, she, I go to work out, you know, at the gym, and she, <laughs> you know, she's deadlifting five hundred pounds, talking her crazy shit, and all this stuff." You're like, "Wait, what? <laughs> Wait, is that lady? <laughs> she's did she? Oh yeah, now she's I get fucking, it. <laughs> she's squatting like eight. I mean, you know, they're like." All right, fine. She's strong as shit. Ain't crazy. <laughs> but that never happens. So I say no. No. I disbelieve it. Um, so then but she gets the she uh, gets the mob all whipped up, and they attack and stab the army guy. Yeah, the butcher. The butcher. The butcher of the grocery store. <sighs> Such a bad rap, butcher. You really yeah, got to right. resort to stabbing people. Could have been somebody else. Yeah. With a butcher knife, no less. Exactly. <laughs> well, you know, you go with what you know. Yeah. Um, Stabs him in the gut. Three times. And then she's like, uh, throw them outside, you know, to the monsters. Mm-hmm. Um, we get to see a giant crab creature. Because she's been talking sacrifice since very early oh, on. Oh, yeah. She was- she's been talking blood sacrifice. will be the only thing that stops this, the only thing that saves us. So every chance she gets, she's wanting to sacrifice somebody. Well, she was talking sacrifice, and then she took it to blood sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And now she's talking about sacrifice. Like, not just... The metaphorical blood sacrifice. Now she's decided it's legit blood sacrifice. Yeah. Yep. And so they throw him outside. The giant crab monster takes him. Um, so then the Punisher group decides to hide some food up front and that they're leaving. Um, so then at I don't know, they decide to sneak out at one point. Yeah, it's dawn. They went in and slept through the night. Ollie got stuff. Ollie got a couple bags of groceries together through the night and hit them up at Register 2, you know, without anybody knowing what's going on. And then come dawn, Andrea wakes up, Punisher's. And they, it's they go, dawn, to, it's okay. time to go. You go to sneak out, 
the groceries are missing from the register, mm-hmm. and uh, we get to see Crazy Harden, and she's sitting there drinking her milk. Like a fucking crazy person. Yes, with and, a knife. Yes, with a knife. And uh, she finds out somehow. We don't ever apparently figure out how. She forbids <laughs> them from leaving because I guess she thinks she's in charge. Yeah, she very much does. She's gone full David Crush now. Yes. <laughs> Yes, um, she says he must be sacrificed. She wants a little pee. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming to sacrifice him. I, I, she didn't say you're not taking the blood out there. You know, he needs to live. He's our future. So it wasn't like she was like, oh, we protect the children. It's all about the children. No. She was gonna sacrifice him. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, the hero. Oh yeah, steps up. Oh fuck yeah, and Ali. Yeah, Doctor Zola. What's going on? You got the butcher. He's coming up with his knife, showing that he's going to be an enforcer. Right. Sadler's got two knives, basically saying, yeah, we're coming to get the kid. And yep. then out of nowhere. Here comes old the hero, Dr. Oh. Zola. Uh-huh. Ollie shoots her in the chest. Yeah. Shatters the milk. Through the milk jug, yep. She falls over, and then he puts one right in her skull. Yep. The fucking coup de gras right between the eyes. I was like, yes, Love that guy. But you know you know why this happened, right? Mm. She brought a knife to a gunfight. <laughs> yeah. And that's what happens when you bring a knife to a gunfight. Yeah. yeah. And a bottle of milk. And a bottle of milk. <laughs> um, and he's, you know, Punisher's like, thank you. He's like, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't have to. And he's like, that's why I said thank you. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And so- and then right, right after the second command... Curly hair crazily. He's like, you murdered her. You murdered her. She was like, everyone else was like, fuck this. Hey, we're out. But you could tell she was so converted. Yeah. I'm not saying to religion, but to her point of view. Right. That she was immediately like, you know, jumping yeah. on it. She had drank gallons of the Kool-Aid. Oh, yes. Yes. She was. <laughs> Everybody else had a cup. She had drank a couple gallons of the Kool-Aid. Yes. She was fully in. But as soon as Ali kills her, you know, he kind of points the gun at at Sadler, he's like, fuck this. He drops his knife. He's like, nope, want nothing to do with it. Points it at the butcher. Really, the two main threats. So that was smart. He threat, threat assessment. He's like, you and you are my two biggest problems. Backs both of them off. The butcher's like, no, man, I'm out. He oh, that's right. He pointed at the too. butcher, and then he pointed at the baker, and he realized the candlestick maker is a pussy, so he just <laughs> kept going. The butcher, the baker, candlestick maker. You ever heard that before? I have not. Oh, well, maybe one person listening to this is, well, has heard that. Now well, I gotta look it up. Great, it's just old saying. So, I don't know. Yeah, and then they moved to the door. I when he when the when the curly haired lady said you murdered her, I so wanted Ollie to look at her and say you're fucking right, I did, bitch. If you don't back up, you're next. <laughs> and then grab his his junk. <laughs> that a little aggressive. You don't back up, you're next. <laughs> Suck these. Anyway, so then they run out to uh, uh, Thomas or. Uh, the Punisher's got like a Land Cruiser, whatever mm-hmm. it says, holds eight. Old Land Cruiser, yep. So, which I only saw seats for, let's see, the eight, but I guess he's packing people. I don't care. But he's like, I'm going to take eight. So, eight, eight people ran out. To, he probably could because it has a, it oh, has it's a, a huge, yeah, storage yeah. area in the back. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, so the ones that went out was the store manager. Store who, manager. Who from, and I'll, I'll give it to that guy. He was a dick in the beginning, but as soon as he saw the tentacle, he's like, okay, I believe you. I'm on your side. And he was with the Punisher pretty much the whole time. I wouldn't call point. him a dick as much as he sees people drinking beer and he's trying to be the manager to the store. Yeah. You know I mean? And and Ollie's his sport and the store man, assistant manager, whatever he is, he's like, dude, you're drinking on the job, man. I got to report you. He was having trouble letting go of the past world. He wasn't, he wasn't 
Which at that point, at that point of the movie, it's not like he was at the end of the movie and there's these P. pterodactyls and crab things and whatever they're eating people. He's like, listen, crab thing, this is my story. You're making a mess. Clean up on aisle 11. He was just... Because at that point, he didn't know anything yet. At this point, it's a chemical explosion. Mm -hmm. That's what we're thinking. It's a poisonous outside. And hopefully it's all going to blow out. And it's going to blow out, and the authorities are going to come, and it's going to get resolved. Sure. I mean, that's seriously what he was probably thinking. Yeah, but after he realized what the reality... He was with him the whole time after that. He's like... Once he saw that that tentacle, he's like, holy shit, we are dealing with something completely different. Mm -hmm. What do we do? Yep. So he goes out with them. Myron... Myron. The the other of the yeah of the group the mechanics we'll call them because him and Sadler are like mechanics yeah. I think him Myron mustache yeah yeah we'll just call him Captain yeah Captain Mustache mm-hmm. those three and then one of them I think Myron falls down and hurts his leg so he's limping so those two kind of get separated and then the other part of the group is Dale Andrea Punisher Little P and badass old lady retired teacher right those yes. five or was there one more. Dr. Zola. Oh, yeah, Dr. Zola. That's right, Ollie. So that's That's nine. And Ollie makes it to the truck first, of course, because he's like, I got huge balls. I got this shit. Yep, I I got you. I'll get the doors open. I got huge balls. But unfortunately, if you saw him, he's like, I got you. And he ran up there, and he opens the door. He he runs up. He opens the front and the back door. Mm -hmm. He doesn't just run and jump in. He opens the doors so that they can quickly egress and get in. Yep. He sets it up perfect. Yeah. He turns around and, and... He's like, come on, let's go, let's go, let's go. Yeah. And he doesn't even jump in himself. He turns around and it stands there with the pistol. Covering. Kind of covering. To cover. to co- I mean, fucking guy's a boss. But if you notice, I think uh, noise and light attract the monsters. Yeah. So Which makes sense. He hear, they hear this clang, 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 clang of his brass balls. And like, oh, we go check what that out is. They see the sparks flying off of them and they're yes. clanging together. Yes. <laughs> and unfortunately, a big, a giant crab grabs him. Yeah. And he, uh, King and his crab monsters, he dies. What. And he drops the gun. And then the movie's over. Yep. Because that's all that mattered. Oh, no. Well, he's sorry. dead. Yeah. Uh, and then it shows uh, everybody. Uh, the uh, non-mentionables, let's see, Punisher Dale, Andrea, Little P, and the badass old lady get to the vehicle and get in. Mm-hmm. The store manager makes it back to the store. Yeah. He, and, and everybody else dies. Uh, one of the spider things jump up on a hood of the car and leaps on Myron. Myron. Fucking eats him. Mustache guy freaks out. He tries to kind of run. Another spider grabs, no, like three spiders. Like he falls behind a vehicle and you see like three spiders yeah, jump three over of them, at those him. Those are the big ones, too. Yeah. So he's males. dead. And the... Uh, Again, I, I know it's, it's geeky, but another good piece of acting. The store manager guy, when he's running, he's bouncing off of cars. Or, and it doesn't look fake. It doesn't look like he's just like, oh, there's cars in my way. I mean, it looked like a truly panicked, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Oh, I didn't see that car. Takes it in the thigh, rolls over the hood, and he's just scrambling for his life. It was good. I just wonder, I kind of makes you wonder when he gets back to the store. He was part of the group that killed Crazy Lady. How he's going to be received. Yeah. Oh, no. Very much so. A, a uh, uh, Yeah, like a questionable situation. Yeah, like he may be dead there, too. Right. Cause I, and I really think it comes down to he just ran the wrong way. He's in the mist. He's in the middle of it. Some shit just happened. He gets disoriented. Because, yeah, your visibility's Right. He I just guess. starts running. And before you know it, he's at the door of the... I'm sure he'd much rather have been at the Land Cruiser than at the, doors oh, yeah. the front doors of the store. I they will were, say this, though. <laughs> 
probably should have covered this early on, but uh, the visibility of the mist is so thick, you probably see maybe five feet in front of you, maybe. Yeah, that's I think that's a pretty good estimate. You know, possibly, I guess, I guess we were we were smarter. We would have covered that sooner, but you know, so he can't <laughs> see. He's just running, and he ends up back at the store. Yeah, and then he's not his intended it. path, but he's like, "Fuck!" Right? Yeah. Well, got to go somewhere. I'm not going to turn around, and run back to Land Cruiser after I just saw a bunch of people getting killed. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but anyway, so they all get into the truck. Well, I'm sorry, Punisher, Dale, Andrea, Little P, and the badass old lady get in the truck. Um, he sees that the pistol's laying on the hood of the car. He's saying there's a weapon. Mm-hmm. So he they yell at him not to, but he goes out and he grabs the gun as a one of the spider things is coming after him. Luckily, he gets it. It's a good idea. Always yeah. grab the gun. Andrea's screaming at him to just leave it. Just leave it. And most of the time, I would say, always grab a gun if you can. But then there's something that trumps that. Bad judgment? If you want to be happy, listen to your women. <laughs> <laughs> so he grabbed the gun. It's a good idea. i sure this, what could turn out wrong? Um, so then they drive away. Uh, we drive to the Punisher's house, and we see that his wife is dead. Because, yeah, the, the well, the tree knocked a hole in the house. Yeah, so it was unsecured. Yeah, so it was unsecured, so she's, she's dead. She's cocooned up into a corner of the... Window. She didn't look cocooned like the rest. She was like just covered in white. It was it was no, it was webbing. Was it webbing? Yeah, it was webbing. But her face was white. Everybody, nobody else was white. She did look very odd. Almost. I like, think they're trying to make her look kind of angelic. Is my opinion. You know, like probably from a director's standpoint, that's probably exactly what he's doing. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of making her look like gross and mis- yeah, she because she looked gross. She just yeah. you could just the kid was dead. He didn't. Or I'm sorry, the kid was asleep. asleep. He didn't see she was dead. Right. But you see that she's dead. And the punisher's like, yes. <laughs> now I got a shot with Andrea. Yep. <laughs> um, so they see him drive off into the mist. Um, like They're like, well, where do we go? We'll just drive. You see him drive through the science like Portland and stuff. And mm-hmm. then the uh, movie ends. <laughs> Never, no sus- suspense. We don't know what happened. Uh, so I, I'm going to back up for just one second to the, the store manager. He runs back to the store. And as they pan out, he turns on all of his fog lights on his Land Cruiser, and they drive, and they drive right in front of the windows of the store, and everybody is looking out very longingly as they drive away. And the store manager, the remorse on his face is just, it's just, I felt so bad for the dude. He's sweating, and he's just watching him drive away like, fuck. He should have tried to run out right down there. I thought that too. Just bolt out. Now Make the other the people let if, you in. If the other people would have tried to bolt out, they'd probably be like, Woot, later, fuck you. bitches. But if the storm manager would run out, they'd be like, Oh yeah, he Open grab him. He's in. on our side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought the same thing. But he was just so just like, man, and I'm like, dude, I feel bad for you. Because you were all in with him. Yeah. And you just ugh, suck. So anyway. And he didn't he didn't betray him. He just No, not at all. They got separated. The, the right. shit was going down. It wasn't like he was like, you know, fuck you guys and then hope you die and then ran back like, I was kidding. You know what I mean? It wasn't <laughs> anything like that. No, he just yeah, just fuck, that sucks. So and now he's with all those people that yeah, bad situation for him. So um what you were just saying, they're driving under the Portland sign, they drive off into the mist, and that's that's it. You well, they, they show some, like, destruction, cars flipped over and yeah. death. Yeah. But then they drive off in the mist, the movie's over. Yeah. So. so. All right. Disaster uh, enemy. <laughs> it might as well be. 
So I read this story a long time ago. I'm talking like 20-some years ago I read this story for the first time. It was when it's a, I think it was Skeleton Crew. It was a short story, and I'm pretty sure the compilation Skeleton Crew. Um, I fucking loved it from the first time I read it. I was like, this is one of the best stories. I mean, I already was reading Stephen King and still thought that was one of his best ever. So years go by. They're going to make a movie. I was very excited they're making a movie. So I read the book again. Now now they had pulled it out and put it into its own book form at that point. I read the book again to catch up on it. Still an excellent book. And I will say this about the movie. The movie follows the book more than any other movie I've ever seen as far as following the book that it was written off of. It really does. I mean, you can almost, like, to the point, you don't even have to read the book for this movie. You can watch the movie, and it is so close that you're not missing anything. How most books that are made into movies, they just for the sake of time, they have to leave a lot out. This one, it's almost all there. And I mean, even the dialogue is almost word for word. It's very good. Until now. The book ends. They're driving off into the mist. They hear a little crackle on the radio, and there's like a hope. Oh, maybe that I thought I heard something. Let's just keep driving, and we'll find the rest of civilization. And they see this large creature walk overhead that's like shaking the earth and it has these long stick which is in the movie too legs yeah but in the book the, the legs just go up into the mist and you don't see the body of it it just kind of alludes to this creature that's just gigantic and you can't see it in the movie they show the creature which is kind of cool because the creature is actually pretty cool looking yeah they did a good job yeah so but still following the book to that point then they drive until they run out of gas they run out of gas and, and then, then the they worst hear, fucking thing They hear, happens. like, some rumbling, like they think it's another one of these creatures walking around. Yeah, and all kinds of crazy, just to, just, they can hear the creatures outside. Yes. Yeah. And so, they decide, they have five people in the vehicle, four bullets in the gun, and so <sighs> they decide that instead of facing the creatures... So the old Punisher takes the pistol, shoots his son, goes to work, and shoots Andrea, mm-hmm. shoots Dale, and the and the badass old lady. Yep, and they all the adults agree to it. Yeah, all the adults agree. They, to they it. all agree. I would rather die that way than at the hands of these horrible creatures. Right, and then he takes the gun and tries to pull it, trigger on himself, which because if after doing that you would at least try, because fuck that would be fucked up. It would be fucked up, but you know the math is the math, and you can. Yep. Want all you want, you're not going to get another bullet. Um, mm-hmm. And then we see that it wasn't the monsters; it was the U.S. Army <sighs> fighting back and with blowtorches and stuff. The mist is receding, and then we see uh, he comes. He comes out and he falls on his knees. The Punisher and he's all distraught because well, he just killed the son, yeah, and his new side piece, yeah, and you know the badass old lady. He definitely would be. Yeah, the, but, and then we just, you notice that they show the troop transport going by, and Carol's and in there Carol's with her kids. There with her kids. Yeah. Yep, because so. well, I mean that's obvious. So she has to survive this apocalypse because she makes it to the next one. That's why she's kids. so badass with zombies because she's like, this ain't the mist. This ain't nothing. Thank you very much. Taking the words right out of my mouth. When she makes it to the next apocalypse, she's like, "Are you guys fucking kidding me? A bunch of creatures that walk." This slowly, this is what you're afraid of? I got this, bitches. You should have saw what I fucking dealt with 20 years ago. This is nothing. Yeah. She's hardened. Fuck yeah. It's like, you think I got this gray hair for nothing? No. I paid for this gray hair with fucking spiders and acid webs and crab creatures. And (laughs) 
But speaking of which, speaking of Carol being on the troop transport, when the group of eight, when Brower's group of eight goes out and the biker goes out, yes, the biker gets grabbed. And I'm going to assume it's by the crab monster because of how high it goes. And they, they kind of show that in the background. It's it's pretty tall. You're right. Maybe like three stories tall. Right around there. So, and I, I'm going to say because the biker was sheared right in half, they show it do the very same thing to Ollie that grabs in his pincher and then it cuts him in half. I'm going to say it's the same creature that got the biker. But that creature, if you notice, it seems to just do one prey at a time because once it once it takes ollie it turns around and walks away into the mist with them and that's it. it right it doesn't come back and try to get them in the truck or anything basically he's like oh i got my meal for now i'm good for a few hours and it leaves him alone with all of that i'm just just a a uh speculation that brower and his group may have actually made it uh some of them might have made it I'm just saying they might have run into something down the way that might have killed. But there's eight of them. Yeah. So if they were smart enough to get in a vehicle, though, like if one of them's like, "Hey, I got a car out here somewhere." Hey, they're talking about walking to the center of town. They were talking about walking, but if one of them's like, "Hey, let's jump in a car. Well, let's take this car." Yeah. Or I, my car's right over there. Let's jump in that. Then you don't hear their screams. You only see the biker die. I'm just saying. I don't know. All right. I, I all I'm going to say is this is. I'm not saying not to put them out of their misery because how terrible the death would be with these monsters, but if they're not banging on the door, yes, cracking the glass, mm-hmm. I think it was a little presumptuous. Yeah, I think, yeah. I, it was a I great agree. twist ending, I will say that. Like, that, when the first time I saw it, I'm like, oh, fuck, what? Imagine my surprise. I'd read the book twice, that's and that's not how the book ends. That's true. I'm thinking, oh, they're driving away in the mist. They see the really tall creature, and that's end, end. No, and then this horrible thing happens, and I'm like, you just ruined my whole world. I was nauseous after I watching it the first time. So, um, for our strengths of the uh, enemy, uh, they're hard to see. They're hard because of the mist. It's harder to see them coming from a distance. And they don't seem to have any issues seeing in it because it's their natural environment. They've adapted to the mist. Right. So they see, seem to see you much sooner than you see them. Yeah. And just all of the obvious strengths Claws of each individual and acid creature. Spr- I mean, my acid cum and all that kind of stuff. And the venom from the stinger, the insects, which seem to be the most benign of all of these creatures. And Killed lo and behold, it's, it's deadly. And yeah. So we're just... But, extremely deadly creatures. But weaknesses is they're still fleshy things. Yeah. So still gunfire them, works. Them. You can yep. stab them, yep. burn them, fire. That works. So it's it's like fighting. It'd be a tougher, but it's like fighting an animal or a person. If you have a a, a weapon, what mm-hmm. we consider a weapon, you could kill them. So. And if you look at this from a scientific point of view, it's almost like a dimension that is. They're, they're almost prehistoric-type creatures that have just evolved in different ways. Like, we've, like our dimension, we evolved this way, and, and you know, we evolved... The, our, our branch of it evolved into humans and, and the creatures we have now, like lions and tigers and all the... Bears. Stuff that we oh, see. Yeah, yeah, that we think is normal. Well, that could just be a, a... It just went a different way. That timeline went this way, and their prehistoric evolution did not end in an ice age that killed everything off. They just continued to evolve. So now you have these pterodactyls that evolved this way, these insects that evolved this way. The fucking creature that was up in the clouds, you know, 
to brontosaurus it just kept growing and growing and then had tentacles and whatever i mean you could argue that uh you know if the, the ashtray wouldn't have hit with the dinosaurs what if things would have evolved differently right yeah so, so just a different dimension a different timeline yep uh survival basics air water food shelter three minutes without air three days without water three weeks without food three seconds three without shelter three seconds without shelter <laughs> in this one <laughs> three hours but in this one three seconds three seconds without shelter you walk out in that mist you'll be lucky to make it three seconds the air is not contaminated like it's not the mist is not a poison right or gas it's going to choke you to death true even so, though i thought that at first once they're out in it it's just yes, the fun. mist is benign yep um the water they don't appear to be messing with the water Mm-mm. food they have the supermarket even mentioned do you really want to go out there we look at we're here we got this food we got this yeah so i mean the food's fine shelter the plate glass was bad yeah if you don't have plate glass windows in your grocery store it's now, bad. if they would have had a, a not granted they're, they're the type of town they're in, but if they would have had like bars over the windows or some of those stores in the rougher neighborhoods, let's be honest, mm-hmm. they have shutters, those metal shutters they yeah. can put over the windows yeah. and like a gate over the front door that when they when they leave. If this store would have had that, they could have really secured that. It and just they could have, I guess, rode this out until the army they showed could up. Have totally rode this one out. Yeah. Not that they would have known that, but. Hell, I'm not saying leaving was bad. I'm just saying they potentially could have, mm-hmm. with the right type of storefront, barricaded themselves in. They probably would have survived. Yeah. They would have been better off in there. And the right people inside. Yes, that, the right people. That's that's another problem. You lock yourself in with these, with Koresh, female Koresh, and yeah. In all honesty, this is going to sound really bad. It's all 2020 in, in hindsight. If they would have walked in and she started talking crazy... And you're like, hmm, I know where this is going. <laughs> and no, seriously, she goes off to the bathroom, and you sneak in behind her, and you choke her unconscious, a.k.a. to death. No, no choke her. You don't cut a knife. Her. You choke her, and she just dies. Oh, I don't and then know you, what you, happened. You put her in the, the toilet, yeah. and fuck, you get an empty pill bottle, put it there, like, almost oh, no, killed herself. I, she would not have whipped everybody up yeah. to get them to the state that they're in. And maybe they could have maintained some sort of order. They would have maintained more of an order. And yeah. they, yes, that's what I'm saying. Uh, weapons, obviously, if you have them, they're good. Nobody apparently, other than Andrea, nobody has an everyday carry pistol. Yeah, too bad. I don't know what Maine's situation is with all that, but they seem to be pretty, pretty open with the gun stuff. I would think. Well, the one guy's got a shotgun in his truck. Yeah, so it's not like. You, uh, like some of these communist states where they're anti-gun. Yeah. But have weapons. I mean, communist states that are anti-gun and have the worst murder rates in their large cities. What? What are you talking about? I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. There's no correlation. They have gun laws. They shouldn't have murders at all, right? There should be no murder in Chicago because they have gun laws. The laws tell them they can't do it so that they're safe. Yeah. Hmm. It's Weird. very strange. Anyway. Anyway. Uh, miscellaneous. Don't use fire inside a building. That's that's my mislaid. Seriously, I just don't think I think of it like a submarine. You know, fire is bad because you're trapped inside. You don't want fire in there. I, I don't know. They would have been protected from the things if the store was on fire because the things wouldn't have come in. Now they would have died, but still, <laughs> <laughs> one way or the other, I guess. Um, 
I guess uh, you want to rate it? Uh, you know, I've always been a big... I've always been a big believer in, in, in extra-dimensional shit. So because of that, I'm going to... I'm Just a personal rating, I'm going to put it at about a 7. Because I think there could be other dimensions that are right there. Is just that, right, right there. Is that why your hat's made of foil? I just thought it was because it was, <laughs> like, shiny. You noticed the foil? I did. <laughs> I don't know what's out there. I'm not going to tell anybody what's out there. I, I give it a f- 5. <laughs> I mean, I it's not going to be these fucking weird crab things like Stephen uh, King writes about. He loves things, the crab God, things. Man. I think he had a bad crab dip once, and he just decided that crabs are the worst things ever. Something. Or he's from Maine. Crabs he are over. Yeah, he probably yeah. got, maybe he got pinched in the dick when he was a kid. <laughs> and now he's just like, they're the worst creatures <laughs> on the planet. If they're going for my dick, yeah. they're the worst creatures ever. Which, if I ever got pinched in the dick by a crab, I would call them the worst Fair enough. creatures ever. Fair so, enough. yeah. Anyway. <laughs> um, all right, so we're moving on to the letter Y. Holy shit, we're almost there. I know. Yeah. So two more. Uh, two more all right. And then uh, it's all over. <laughs> so uh, until next time, I'm Drew. I'm Frank. And enjoy the apocalypse. <laughs>